So, John, I mean, I want to kind of uh, every time, you know, we've had you on the program, we've talked about this as if everybody understands how this works. And most people, when they hear about it, I think they immediately have a little bit of cynicism about it, saying that, well, here we are giving a forum for people who may be schizophrenic or manic depressive. How are we how are we differentiating between those who are. I guess you could say having uh, some sort of uh, psych- psychotic break or they're having some sort of a schizophreniform uh, type of uh, condition. I mean, how do we differentiate? Well, I mean, one of the things that, that I always tell people, and you know, I, I am a medical doctor, I'm a physician, so I'm not going to sit and deny that schizophrenia doesn't exist or anything like that. It certainly does exist, and we've known about it for some time. The difference between someone who is truly schizophrenic and someone who is identifying themselves as a targeted individual, for one, schizophrenia starts at an early age. Most of the time, those are people that are recognized as not mentally correct or not mentally right early on in 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 males a little bit sooner than than females but typically in childhood um certainly by 20 21 22 um are usually devoid from reality in some aspect whether that's visual delusions or auditory delusions or you know saturated belief system that is as always unreal now the difference between that and someone that's targeted uh, most of the victims that i've been exposed to and i've may have interviewed by this time probably tens of thousands uh, typically will come forward with these types of complaints usually late 30s early 40s um, on some of the last statistics majority of the um, victims were female living alone and um, it's they usually identify uh, first with stalking uh, that they notice like strangers following them around. These aren't boyfriends or loved ones or, you know, private investigators that are investigating a crime, but usually it is organized private investigators following them around, getting biometrics on them, breaking into the home, going through their stuff, getting anything that helps further the anxiety and the stalking. Uh, and then after they get biometrics on them, then they are able to use electronic stalking with them and then that's where what most people you hear talking about that that sounds insane is being communicated to in what they would describe as a synthetic telepathic uh, type of way where you're hearing voices in your head of the people who are watching you and you can respond back to those people um in thought yeah um and that does sound schizophrenic and it and it is was designed to sound schizophrenic it, it's obvious that now we have uh, a reason with the surveillance state increasing its power to try and single out or like i say psychologically out people whether it be to reveal their deepest secrets about their psychological uh, help or trying to out them in a way where they would embarrass them or otherwise stalk them and raise paranoia within them that immediately they find themselves in a jail cell. We'll be back with Hey guys, it's Clyde. I want to talk to you about something we tend to ignore or may want to consider. Now is a great time to focus attention on the importance of preparing our families, homes, businesses, and communities for disasters that threaten our lives, property, and homeland. Preparedness is a shared responsibility. It is critical to maintain readiness. Each step we take to become better prepared makes a real difference in how we will persevere when faced with the unexpected. 
Well, there are two things you can count on when you buy from My Patriot Supply, getting high-quality food for the best value and freedom. The emergency food you'll depend on is made from the freshest ingredients. Meals are freeze-dried and sealed airtight with an oxygen absorber enclosed in a resealable zipper pack for a long-term storage that lasts up to 25 years. That's amazing. To order, go to preparewithgroundzero.com. That's preparewithgroundzero.com. Or call and speak to a preparedness advisor at 888-440-8150. That's 888-440-8150. Be sure to mention Prepare with Ground Zero, 829. We had rallies going on in downtown Portland, people raising awareness for targeted individuals. And of course, you know, uh, now more than ever, we need to pay attention to before because of uh, the way they're going to be uh, issuing extreme risk protection orders and how easy it would be to actually target someone and make them feel paranoid or otherwise sick or feeling they don't have control of their minds anymore, uh, telling them they can't take their medications if they need them. Um, and, and not only that, but, you know, we know that DARPA and several other groups, Pentagon, 
they're proud of these weapons they use. They're proud of these things. And uh, Dr. John Hall's with us tonight. And, and another thing too is I, I, uh, I wanted to pretty much with the idea. Oh, I wanted to kind of have you explain some things because usually you know we have an attitude that everybody knows what TI is, but I wanted I wanted you to describe for me uh, what someone who is targeted what they need to what are the things that best describe what are the symptoms people who are targeted tell you or what what is it that uh, we need to look for. Well, I can tell you the most common things, and usually the, the first thing that someone will notice is what they think is stomping, and the stomping initially is very subtle, and, and that's why people don't report it, and if you can actually figure out that part of it, that's the best time to, to curtail it, Especially whether you, this is higher done to you or you're just reposing for this, because it, at its basis, it's all... It's non-consent, a form of non-consensual experimentation. The private investigative groups that do have this technology that are mostly composed of former former CIA and former FBI agents can choose people randomly, and, and they'll have their own biases on on who they um, victimize, and and it can also be higher done to you. You know, if you're a CIA company, you may be targeted by another company who's wanting to steal intellectual property. But the first thing that you'll notice is is stalking, and you'll kind of go, well, you know, I'm seeing this guy at the Starbucks every day, and you know, maybe he says something to me, or does the same thing every day, or waves the same way, or sneezes or coughs the same way, uh, and you'll notice maybe people following you to and from work, and initially it's subtle, and you'll go, well seems like they're kind of following me, but maybe I'm just being paranoid. Well, then eventually the stalking gets to the point where it's very obviously stalking. The same people following you, flashing their lights at you. And that's done to anxiety. Fear and anxiety are themselves a form of mind. Because once you induce fear and anxiety into someone, then they're easier to control in the mechanisms that you want to most other common thing that I hear from people is tinnitus ringing in the ear. In the targeted individual community, tinnitus uh, is about 500% more prevalent than in the non-targeted community. So the tinnitus starts, which is where it is. And then the ringing in the ear slowly turns into a voice patterning or hearing what sounds like a AM radio slightly off tune. You know where you can hear voice patterning in the in the static, and then eventually that degrades to voices of the people that are actually watching you, and that's done through a very intricate form of ELF uh, transmissions that actually uh, are able to sync with your brain waves. You're actually hearing it with bone conduction hearing. Mm-hmm. Some people will claim that they sound like it sounds like the voices are in their heads. On Truly, it's hearing in vibrations around you, whether that's a ceiling fan or a vent fan. And these aren't the voices of angels or God telling you to do something. These are voices describing what you're wearing, describing where you're at in your house, 
uh, answering your thoughts in real time. And why that, well, that may sound science fiction or very strange to people who've never heard about it. That technology was worked on in the 70s. Uh, one of the first um, places where it was actually used was in the Utah State Prison, where there were five prisoners at the time who described very accurately being put in a cell, being bombarded with electromagnetic waves, so repressing that it was hard to even get up off of the cot because of the amount of energy that was in the room. Every one of them described being spoken to um, with voices in their head that were um, obviously responding in real time and correctly their thoughts back. So this is a new technology. It's been around for a long time call that remote neural monitoring because uh, a lot of people that uh, you know those who are models who are targeting them see fingerprints of or or, or, or they're being all, uh, monitored satellite or some other method like of this people you know uh, they tell them that they're being monitored. It's not that uh, they're saying kill something, kill something. They're saying you're being monitored. We're watching you. We know what you're doing, and we're telling you. And it's and it's like, you know, they tell you because they know you can't do anything about it. And that's the that's the rub is because you're you're helpless because you can't do anything about it. They tell you they're monitoring you. Yeah, and that's also meant to induce a um, a sense of helplessness and fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety are strong stimulators for human beings uh, as far as control. If you can get somebody down to that level uh, where even people that are innocent of any type, when you have these people telling you, we're watching you and we know what you've done, they, I mean, even normal, sane people will start thinking, well, did I do something? Did I accident? Did I do something and not know I did a I've even had victims you know, get a hold of me and say, well, mentally ill, I'm, I'm hearing this. And I, yeah. and I've heard of something, too, and, and this may be something new, but uh, I had somebody once tell me that they felt like that they were being targeted but it wasn't they were being targeted mentally. They felt they were being targeted financially. And what I mean by this is, is that they would receive like a lot of money. So a lot of money would come to them from out of nowhere. And then that very total of money was used to pay a debt that they didn't know they had or to pay for some health problem they eventually get. And that it, they never seem to be able to make more money or be ahead. They're always constantly being put to break even or to fall into the red. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, and and I have been contacted by many people who have their targeting was hired because they are the recipients of, you know, a lot of money, you know, after a death and a will or in a trust fund. Uh, I would be surprised if very families can afford to hire this done to someone. They will hire this. Matter of fact, there was a very wealthy orthopedic surgeon uh, here in Texas that actually hired one of the PI groups who has access to this technology to target his ex-wife during a divorce because his family owned an incredible amount of land and, and buildings in a very wealthy area north of San Antonio. And um, he had his wife targeted so she could be diagnosed as mentally ill, precluding her from being able to take ownership of any of the property right. and also keeping her from getting the kids so he didn't have to pay child support when he moved on you know, with his next wife. Uh, in that particular case, actually made some news and made some online sources uh, here in Texas. So, uh, I mean, there's other, it's, 
experimentation, the technology itself is being was being used on a small subset of the population that we call targeted individuals. Now it's being to actually control the bulk of the population along with a lot of other control issues. You know, it's not just electronic control. Um, and, you know, California wanting to change the, you know, how we refer to a felon or the way we teach or the language that we use and control the way you use language. And if once you start telling people what they can and can't say, and a lot of universities are doing that now, you control thought indirectly that way. If you control someone's language, you control their thought and you control their ability to communicate their feelings and their beliefs. So we're essentially... All of this technology and all of the control factors that are being you know, used on the public now are really their goal is to control us as one hive would be one way to look at it or put us all of one hive mind where we're all a bunch of worker bees that kind of behave the same way. And that makes everything very predictable for a, a tyrannical government. Yeah, it, it seems to me that there's a lot of ways that uh, through targeting individuals, that uh, someone who is that powerful, like if it's a if it's a corporate situation or a government situation, a lot of military uh, people involved in the military have this happen to them. We see that this is a form of gaslighting. It's a, it's a gaslighting mechanism, uh, especially with this new financial stocking I've heard about, because it's not like your identity's been stolen. It's not like you know somebody has access to your account. It's just that all of a sudden you start realizing where did I get this money and how did I come into it, and then why is it that money I came into was just enough to pay for this thing that was coming or it was coming in the foreseeable or the non-foreseeable future and i've heard this many times before it's just funny and they some people even say well it's the lord and then they realize well no this isn't the lord providing this is too weird uh they they out they they also some see like happens coming to this month and theft there's something that is them or, or uh they feel the watching when they go to these or, or, or they're being watching uh, the payments on medical bills or, or you know, when they buy things like opiates. It has to be a certain type of medication. They certainly will when they when they buy it. Number two is monitoring. They're actually picking your eyes, your ears here, the visual cortex and the uh, hearing cortex. So we code those signals back. Uh, and that's under the private sector. It's been in for some time. But there are even that, uh, in California now that have they'll record the levels from your brain while you watch it. It can regenerate that same from the electrical signals in your brain on another screen. So, I mean, we're, we're getting around to it even in the sector, but the financial aspect, you know, even subtly, I think all of us have noticed that your phone and you start, you know, thinking about churn chocolate cake, mm-hmm. you know, and then you turn on and you, you open up your browser on your iPhone and some of the first advertisements that come on are chocolate cake. You know, if you're thinking about a new car, all of a sudden you're bombarded. You know, with car ads, and I mean, if you search for something online, your email flooded. You know, with selling that item that you look for. So, you know, they were so bombarded. Now, aside from the weaponized electronics, that they 
can be experimented by the government with. Now we have you know, thermostats in our homes that are that are We've got electric meters that are smart meters. Uh, the government can tell you that we're not actually controlling the so, Oh, yeah. The, uh, the best temperature would be like 82 or something. I- Crazy, so that's what they would uh, direct it. I, I would be like terrible in 82 degree heat sleeping in the house. I'm John Hall with us. He is the author of Guinea Pigs Technologies of Control and a New Breed Satellite Terrorism in America. He's a tireless advocate against non consensual experimentation on the public. And of course, he is a uh, targeted individual advocate speaking on Targeted Individual Day. Uh, this is some very important information for all of us to pay attention to right here on Ground Zero. 877 733 That's 877-733-1011. We'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. Dr. John Holmes with us tonight on Ground Zero talking about uh, targeted individual or a targeted individual. Today is Targeted Individuals Day. There was a group of people who were actually, uh, you know, setting up a number of booths and information centers at uh, here in Portland. But from what I understand, uh, uh, Doctor, the um, this is a worldwide phenomenon, is it not? It's worldwide. It's not just the United States. No, this is global. As a matter of fact, when I wrote my first book, A New Breed, uh, which has been a decade ago. Uh, now, I mean, as soon as I started doing some interviews for this, and it, you know, the interesting thing at the time, I I really wrote the book based on a story of a of a girl that that book I wrote about who was victimized here by a former FBI agent. And uh, after the book came out, I thought I was just kind of sharing a, a local story in the book. And once I did a couple of interviews that you know, like your show, was bombarded with emails from all over the world. Um, you know, people calling me from California, from Japan, from China, from saying, well, this is happening here, too. This exact phenomenon is happening here. And it turns out that in California probably is one of the hardest hit states uh, with this. Um, and it stands to reason that a lot of the research is done at Stanford uh, Research Institute, so which is there in California. So. Do you think it's an adjunct of, uh, you know, because a lot of people bring up things like MK Ultra, and they say, oh, this is just more of MK Ultra stuff, or is this something different? I would like to think, you know, there are the MK Ultra stories, and uh, of course they're more, I'd say, focused on certain groups and individuals in a lab sort of way, or have they opened the lab up to just do gain of function exercises on random individuals? It, it's. I think if you looked at the statistics, um, the way they did this. Now you've got to remember with MK Ultra, we did find the documents, mostly financial documents that weren't shredded, and a lot of MK Ultra was done through uh, legitimate universities, mm-hmm. or it was hidden through CIA front companies. Right. And they got their hand slapped pretty well um, in the commissions of in Congress, you know, that dealt with that. So they had to figure out a way, a better way to do it. In a way, it is a continuation of MK Ultra with mind control, but it's been farmed out to independent contractors in every major city. Right. It seems like they perfected their science, and now they want to try it on random individuals like we're cattle. 
and uh, that's the that's the terrible thing about targeted individuals is that it can be you and it could be anywhere and you don't have to be near a computer or again people say well i'm not affected because i don't use the computer no it's not about that it's about just being selected because of something you've said or something you've done it, uh, maybe someone has hired a private investigator to investigate you maybe uh, maybe a, a corporate uh, investigator uh, maybe believes you stole money and they're trying to get you to come out and then of course there are government uh, groups that do this as well and it's something that is uh, sick and it, it, it will happen a lot more now that we have these uh, new laws going into effect 877-733-1011 that's 877-733-1011 Dr. John Hall with us tonight on Ground Zero back with your questions and we'll have answers for you coming up don't go away Is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online, but the twist is music games and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. For the past, present, and future, all exist on the same timeline. Or happiness is an illusion. This is the future we are in right now. That's why we have the last thing we have before falling asleep. Tonight, the numbers are available 877 733 1011 Today is uh, National TI Day. Targeting, I figured it would be appropriate to talk about this because a lot of things have transpired. Uh, red flag laws and uh, the way they want to weaponize uh, psychiatry now in this country and how 
there are ways that you can make someone achieve cognitive dissonance uh, with paranoia and stalking and all the things that come with being a target individual. According to an official 2009 U.S. Department of Justice document regarding crimes in America, 13.1% of 3,028,630 reported stalking crimes Department of Justice stalking victimization survey in the year 2006 alone, they reported that they were being stalked by a group of three. So that amounts to well over 400,800 people who reported being subject to organized stalking to the Department of Justice survey alone. In other words, this report doesn't include all reportage of organized crimes to the police, FBI authorities in 2006. Only those victims to hear about and report to the United States Department of Justice stalking victimization survey in the year 2006. And this official document adds irrefutable evidence, irrefutable credence to the scale of organized stalking that's an epidemic now and further a massive and widespread occurrence of the claims in the United States. Now, mind you, mind control devices and stalking, they don't have to be so advanced to condition the victim into submission. There are simple things like a cell phone, or there's simple things like a doorbell ringing. There are simple knocking at the door, honking a fire. All of these things to wake you up in the middle of the night. You're wondering, why does that horn always honk? Why is it I'm always hearing this thing? Is that person in the red shirt always walking down the streets? I've never seen this person before. Who is this person? Is this person stalking me? It, you know, we always hear the electronic arrest, but there are other things, though, that we you're being stalked or you're being targeted. Dr. John Hall is with us tonight on Ground Zero, and uh, he is uh, giving us the lowdown on uh, what all of this gang stalking, this targeting individual stuff is. Hall is a medical doctor. He specializes in anesthesiology. Some very good books on the subject matter. Uh, Technologies to Control and a New Breed, Satellite Terrorism in America. And, and you know, I brought that up because I, th I think a lot of people, you know, I know that on my show, uh, I talk about all of these, what I would call black mirror scenarios, where we're seeing how electronics are influencing our lives. And then when we talk about electronic harassment, we tend to think that, well, if I'm not anywhere near the Internet, or if I'm not anywhere near this, it's going to be affected. That's not true, is it? No, no, that's not true. I mean, most, a lot of the based, and now that we're unveiling 5G, that's essentially satellite on Earth. So, um, you know, 5G will be so many, so many columns and so many towers that there'll be no escaping. But you're right on the physical aspect of a stalking gun to intimidate the victim. Um, that is very common. You said it's real, you know, at three and four in the morning and then they leave or even just sitting in their car outside. And this happens a lot. Uh, somebody just sitting in their car outside your home. You know, now I, I live out in the country. It would be. You'd have to drive up a dirt road to, to do that to me. But if you live in a normal neighborhood and you see every night at midnight, some guy pulls up at the end of your drive and sits on the curb in his car, and you can call the police, but the police can't do anything about it because as long as they're on a public roadway, they're, they're perfectly within their right to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's still meant to freak you out and to give you a state of anxiety. Another real common one is uh, victims will tell me, well, I, I know that. I could hear them walking. I just put steps on the roof. Well, I hired counter PIs to actually surveil the private investigators that do this type of stalking in Texas. So I did learn some of the techniques. And one of the things that they would do 
that they would hire five or six people come out at midnight to a victim's house and throw rocks on the roof. Well, on a slanted roof, when you throw a big enough rock up there, it sounds like footsteps on a roof as it bangs its way down and off of the house. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, tell some of these victims you need to check for that. And sure enough, they would go into their backyard and they would find, you know, 20, you know, three, four inch, you know, diameter stones, you know, back there where, you know, a group of people were just throwing rocks on the house. And, and that's meant to sleep deprive you. But the ultimate goal of the stalking and some of this is to draw you a psychiatric diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So when your home gets broken into and things are gone through and you know things are gone through, cigarettes are left in your house and you don't smoke, things like that, or tiles are changed or, you know, maybe maybe an entire wall has been repainted. And the initial thing is people think, well, it's a PI group, they're coming in, they're putting hidden cameras in, they're putting microphones in, and they may be doing that. But it is they want you to know that your house has been entered. Because when you call the police and you say, well, somebody got in, but I don't see any signs of breaking and entering, and they took all my shoes and they put them on the island in my kitchen, and they painted this wall red, it used to be white. Well, the police, the first thing they asked that victim is, was anything stolen? No, they didn't steal anything. Well, are you sure you have your shoes in there and you don't remember it? Are you, are you sure that this wall wasn't always red? And I mean, it, it's to draw you a psychiatric diagnosis. And it's also meant to alienate you from police help. Because after you've called the police three or four times with these type of complaints, on the computer at the police department, they'll put a little asterisk next to your name that you're one of those crazy people that thinks their microwave is attacking them or thinks that somebody's breaking in, but there's never been evidence of a Mm break-in. You have to remember the people that are hired to do this are often CIA and former FBI. Yeah. They have the devices to open your garage. They know how to pick your locks and break into your door without kicking the door in. And once you're under monitoring, they also know the code to your alarm. So in there, they're going to unset your, your alarm if you have one, and they're going to reset it before you go. I even had one victim that when I helped them, we called one of the alarm companies that was monitoring and they couldn't figure out why if the alarm was going off, why nobody was showing up. Well, all the numbers at the alarm company had been changed by one. So when the alarm would go off, their cell phone number was off a digit. The police number was off by one digit. The fire number was off by one digit. So even if they tripped the alarm, the alarm wasn't going to call anybody that was going to help that person. What about phishing schemes? harassment because i know that you know most people don't think twice about if somebody calls up they sound like they're authoritative and they like uh we need information about this could you give us your phone number could you give us this just for verification i always say no if you called me you know my phone number if you if you called me you know this information i'm not going to give it to you because what they do is they record the conversations and then they find ways to use your voice in order to order things you didn't order or they use your voice in order to sign you up for things that you didn't and so then you find yourself in a situation where you're wondering why you're getting all this stuff or you're getting all this junk mail or you're getting all these harassing phone calls. It's because somebody used you uh, and, and they and they use authority to get your information from you. Once they have the, the information, they can do whatever they want to you. No, and that's a scheme that you know, oftentimes the elderly really fall for badly. Uh, and the bad thing with today's society is it's, they've made it almost impossible not to pay some of your bills online. 
and uh, and not to have to order some things online. And I and I have friends that held out against that for years, and finally had to break down and mm-hmm. you know and get that one special credit card that you keep a two hundred dollar limit on that's strictly to order stuff online. When you use a number, you don't get your entire account cleaned out if you use a, a debit card or something. I mean, salt on our privacy is is to a point where there it's there's almost no mm-hmm. um, you know, and we're we're fighting a tyrannical government now that I said all along I'd be under when my first book came out, people said, well, what's the ultimate goal with this? Why would they want to do this to people? Well, the ultimate goal is to control the population. Mm-hmm. You know, as you can see from where we're at now, you know, we, whether you hate Trump or love Trump or you're a Republican, it doesn't matter. But when you see a, a president get elected that's not a status quo politician, and they actually turn intelligence apparatus of the American government out against that president, to try to figure out a way to get there. Also, I think, is one of the reasons that they have the attack on the Cuban embassy. Mm-hmm. They're trying to blame that on the Russians. I don't think it's the Russians. The Russians know how many nails were, were built into that building. Right. And they had a low-tech you know, technology in there that they didn't need to attack the diplomats. Exactly. So you know, we're at a point where we need to take control of our government. Most certainly. We need to be able to expose the fact that these weapons exist and they can be turned on people and again a function exercise that most certainly feeling uh, isolated, angry, feel paranoid. And uh, of course, like I said, with all these new protection laws, with the was uh, using psychiatry as a weapon, uh, doing what they did back in the days of the USSR. These are things that we really need to pay attention to. These are things that, you know, once I saw the patterns, once I knew of the social networks and the social credit systems, and once I knew of the psychopathological mechanisms that they're employing, I realized that this would be the time of the targeted individual. And now they have a day set aside to raise awareness. I'm certainly here to raise awareness for you. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Dr. John Hall with us. We'll be back with more. Don't go away. FM News 101 KXL. You're listening to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis on FM News 101. With us tonight on Ground Zero, it is TI Day, recognizing targeted individuals. And I wanted to, uh, before the break, uh, you, you brought up the president, and uh, a number of people believe that uh, a lot of this gang stalking and a lot of this, uh, you know, just what's going on has always been targeting whistleblowers and those who wish to expose what's going on behind the scenes. Mostly a deep state operation has been around a lot longer than Donald Trump. But the question I have is, and what a lot of people are asking is, do you think that the president in some respects is being targeted, that he's a targeted individual, that for the first time, I don't know, in the history of of the presidency, we have a president that most certainly may be targeted and uh, he's targeted in many ways and it's certainly uh, taking a toll on uh, on his ability to lead. Oh yeah, I mean he's. I mean if if you look, it depends on what side of the aisle you're on. Certainly, you know one side of the aisle is probably glad he was targeted. Um, 
said, uh, I'm for the most part, I'm pretty apolitical. Um, if, if you look at any of my websites or my Facebook pages, I'm, I stay out of the political arena. But one thing that I do recognize is that we now have an outsider, someone that is outside of the political system that wasn't the winner of the 2016 election. And for the first time in history, you're right, the FBI and the CIA and the Foreign Service and the Senior Executive Service all turned out to figure out a way to, number one, keep this president from being elected once they saw there was a chance of that happening, and then figuring out a way to topple him once he was elected. And it's my belief that not only is he, and we know he's been targeted by the intelligence agencies, that, um, that the whole Cuban thing was you know, to try to actually make it look like he was in bed with the Russians um, and allowed the Russians to attack uh, U.S. employees. The only impeachable offense for a president is high, high So a high crime would be treason, you know, which would be allowing a foreign power to attack government employees. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I realized something as you were talking about the Cuban embassy uh, in Cuba and Havana. Apparently, uh, if I recall, um, President Trump's uh, wasn't time. But it was three weeks after he was elected president that uh, this started happening. Because I know that Obama was still president. After, it was just three weeks after the election and President Trump became president that these diplomats turned up with these uh, this whole uh, electronic uh, harassment, this mechanical uh, concussive type of uh, sound. And, uh, and so that seems a little interesting. And, you know, you're right. It, I, I never thought of it that way, but it would be a, a piece of evidence, if there was any, to provide for perhaps impeachment proceedings or what have you to say that our president was certainly in cahoots with Russia or some other entity that would be able to use this type of technology in order to harm diplomats. No, and that's the direction they were going. And unfortunately, the Mueller investigation uh, didn't find the evidence that they were intended to find in order to keep that narrative going. And the only true victims of that now are the people who are victimized by the, the weapons that we're talking about, because now they've been sent to a bunch of doctors intentionally that don't know anything about electromagnetic weapons. While they have found some physiologic changes on their MRIs, they're not giving these victims any answers, and all of them have had gag orders placed on them where they can't talk to anybody else. Now, several have come forward through other channels and have gotten a hold of me, and that's how on one of our last meetings I told you that it's it's not just hearing buzzing sounds and things like that. And, you know, they're hearing voices and they're being attacked by energy weapons as well. It's They're having exactly all the same symptoms that, that our public sector targeted individuals have. You know, and I think a lot of people don't realize that the embassy in Cuba, right after the, the embassy reports, there were some reports about high school students who were uh, under attack. Uh, basically, it was reported they were having immune deficiency disorders. We had about 20 students in there was a high school in Oklahoma where they were attacked. There was also a school in upstate New York uh, where uh, parents were uh, panicking over the possibility that their children had been stricken with some sort of unidentified immune disorder. But then we find out they, too, were victims of this type of stalking with this type of electronic uh, type of harassment, which was spasms and the deterioration uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, bone mass. And, and that was... Uh, that, and I,
was going on because the doctors were baffled. They didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, you have 20 students coming down with this, the same ailment of hearing uh, noises, having headaches, and then we have the, the, the muscle mass that's basically being eliminated going through these problems. And part of that is when you're exposed to electromagnetic um, energy for long periods of time, and now we're to a point where there's almost nowhere to escape that. Um, we have Wi-Fi everywhere. We're about to have 5G everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, radio signals of all kinds of times. So there's there's no escaping it. But when your the human body is under duress by electromagnetic energy, it, uh, it it degrades an enzyme that actually helps repair your cells. Exactly. Lithium decarboxylase. Yeah, it contains. Yeah, it, it actually destroys the body's ability to maintain muscle mass and to maintain at least. Uh, uh, Bust down your immune system. 877-733-1011. Calls coming up on Ground Zero. Don't go away. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? 
I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. The numbers are called tonight, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We have uh, Dr. John Hall with us. Can you go to the phones now and uh, get some questions for Dr. John Hall? Let's go to Tim in Washington. Hi, Tim. You're on Ground Zero. Hi, Clyde. Uh, hi, John. Yeah, I, uh, we spoke before, uh, actually, October 13, 2017, on the Cuban ambassador uh, assault. Uh, I was targeted at that point and have been, you know, ever since. And uh, so one thing I wanted to highlight was that this is a federally recognized disability, electro-hypersensitivity. And so there are some things you can do, uh, but it, it's so true uh, what you were saying about... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the kids. Um, I tried to go to uh, one of my kids' parent-teacher conferences, and the electromagnetics in the room were so strong, I, I couldn't do it. I had to leave the, the school, and I, I did tell them before. I said, you guys are really subject to to here. I mean, the, the cognitive uh, damage done to our kids is amazing. And, and, you know, that's an amazing point. Uh, Tim, that's a great point. And I want to uh, ask Dr. Hall, uh, you know, it's true that they've done analytics in schools. And apparently the smog, the electromagnetic smog from the Internet and from all the things they do in schools is far higher than it is in other places. And that our children may be uh, subjected to this and it could uh, be bad for their uh, mental health. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, and that's why finally there are some independent studies coming out. You know, all the original studies on the effects of electromagnetics and, and electromagnetic smog came from the exact same companies who make the cell phones. So, of course, those studies found that, you know, there was there was no damage being done. There are some independent studies being done now, and as we were talking before, the main culprit is the degradation of a of a, a enzyme called ornithine decarboxylase. And ornithine decarboxylase's job is as your cells start having injury, that enzyme is what helps the cell and it mobilizes other chemicals and, and enzymes within the cell to restructure itself and to heal itself. And when you degrade that, you get early cell death. And that's why we see people that are exposed to, you know, high voltage lines and, and chronic EMF, radar operators, things like that. This is one of the early studies. You know, they have a earlier incidence of graying in the hair, an earlier incidence of cataracts, uh, lower fertility rates, um, a higher incidence of cancer. Because as, as cells partially die, their um, replication mechanisms actually get altered and you have a higher rate of cancer with that. So, And that's why a lot of people initially thought they were being targeted with ionizing radiation, electromagnetic radiation. But electromagnetic radiation in high doses at, at a constant rate will cause a lot of the same symptoms as ionizing radiation or like you would get from an x-ray machine. 877-733-1011. Chris is calling us. Uh, Chris in Arizona. Hi, Chris. You're on with Dr. John Hall. Go ahead. Hey, Clyde. How's it going? Uh, first time calling. I just um, had a story I wanted to share with you guys really quick. Hope you're doing well, Dr. Hall. Um, so back in April, I was actually awakened by two FBI agents at my front door. I came inside and I grabbed my phone. You know, to record them, obviously. Went back outside to have them properly identify themselves. Um, they refused 
three, two or three, maybe four times, so I'd open up, identify themselves. Not show me their badge. They didn't have their gold badge. They look like a couple of con artists, if you ask me. After about two, three minutes of, of trying to get them to identify themselves, I told with a little aggression that if they did not leave the property, I was going to call the county sheriff. Um, I actually followed them after they left the property and filmed the vehicle, called the county sheriff, had them run the plates, and they told me that the vehicle was registered to a shell corporation, which the, the FBI and various intelligence agencies when they're investigating uh, now that I'm understanding individuals. Um, it had to do with my dad working for companies that support the U.S. military overseas. He was in Afghanistan on two different occasions. And within a 12-month period, I was associated with a subject that spoke very heavily of constitutional rights. And uh, they threatened to actually revoke my dad's secret clearance if he didn't meet them at the local office here. Doing that, and in the meeting, allegedly the agent asked about my mental health. If I had been ever diagnosed with any uh, bipolar disorder, I have not, by the way, uh, a little once in a while, but other than that, nothing really. And he also suggested that my dad, which is really strange, but he suggested that my dad cut the internet because I live in my dad's home. Uh, could not understand why. That just blew my mind. Isn't it interesting? Uh, interesting doctor that they question chris's mental health uh that's that's one of like i say they're weaponizing this and this is something that uh with these new red flag laws we, we haven't a prayer i mean i don't know why people aren't protesting in the streets about this they should say no to red flag laws and, and the reason why they won't is because guns are are being used as the reason why we need them we don't need these laws they, they create the slippery slope to make more targeted individuals would you agree no, that's exactly what it's going to do. And what he experienced is actually pretty common. And I can tell you from my, my own investigations of some of these, these groups, like I told you, every city has usually a firm or a corporation that goes on an investigative label. And almost always that company is going to be owned by a former CIA the eye guy, which is may even be current, but uh, with, with connections to the DOD, and I can tell you, it's, you know, it was a um, private investigative by a former FBI agent. His son was a lieutenant colonel and current lieutenant colonel in the DOD, and they all had fake IDs saying that they were the FBI. And, that, and one of the ways they would stop people was they would tell the neighbors that, well, when you see us sitting around this house, we're FBI and we're watching this couple. So that way the neighbors would question anything and call them the legitimate police. Yeah, and of course, that, that puts oh. you, Chris, that puts you in a, in a situation where you have to defend your integrity because, of course, it's uh, court by public, it's based on public opinion. If your neighbors notice you have black suburbans sitting in your front yard watching you, they probably think you're up to no good. Okay. Yeah. You're a druggie and you're being investigated or you're a pedophile. That's horrible. Chris, I hope that uh, somehow you can get out of this because it sounds like it's hell for you and your family. It, it has been, actually. Uh, paranoid as to, you know, what they're really doing because I, I'm 
one of the people who researches a lot into the uh, veil that they throw over our eyes. You know, I've been listening to your show for six, seven years now, and um, I've heard Dr. Hall on here many times. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very familiar with the gang stalking community, and I'm, I'm very familiar with what they do. Right. So, uh, well, I would say to you, just keep fighting. And, and keep uh, making people aware because this is very important, especially now since we've got new laws on the books that are going to certainly put more people in the crosshairs of being targeted. Mary in Oregon, you're on Ground Zero. Hi. Hi. Great. Um, well, uh, what I initially told your screener that I was going to talk about, and I'll say this first really quick. Now I have new thoughts, you know, that I want to add to contribute, but um, was that Oregon on on the books in their statutes already has a statute that defines mental illness has anyone who is 18 or older who is un need now if you go to the front of the phone book um it, it'll show you uh, when they're listing all the government agencies the numbers to call it'll say uh, under the category basic needs and it'll have numbers for food assistance housing assistance utility assistance and and all things like that so according to the state of oregon according to their statutes anyone who is getting food stamps anyone who's unemployed anyone who's homeless any, you know any number of other things if you're over 18 you are mentally ill according to statute in the state of oregon and they've been using this for decades oregon already institutionalizes and put in mental wards massive numbers of people, more than any other state, more than any other place on the planet. Um, and, and they've had, you know, they've been doing this for decades. Um, I did want to also make some comments about mess with electronics. Um, one of the ways that I'm targeted um, my messages are intercepted, both text and voicemail and email. Um, like, I will send text to people. In real time, they will receive. Um, but this can interfere with your life in massive ways. You know, if you're with people or, you know, you can't connect with the people that you need to for various reasons, this can really mess up your life. Um, you know, it's very hard. <laughs> Communication is so key in everything that we do, you know, nowadays. Yes. Um, okay, the other thing is screens. Um, I have noticed a lot of a lot of companies, um, corporations that I've been looking into recently, banks and stuff, they are spending um, massive amounts of money to put screens in their banks and in, in all of these businesses. Um, and, and you go into most restaurants now, and then I was in that had one of these screens up, and I was thinking to myself, how does this benefit their business? I'm like, the people that are in here already like their business. They're already customers. You know, how is this about them receiving produce for their business or, you know, something like that? Mm -hmm. And then it hit me, it's, it's subliminal. It's a well, it's and I, I've seen this too uh, in the building that we're in. We have actually uh, a video screen that's up there, and it's constantly flashing information about what's going on. It's reinforcement of brand, and they're doing this more often. Soon, it's going to be much like what we see in science fiction films, where they'll be able to, with a chip or some other biometric, recognize who you are to you directly through screens and holograms saying, hi, how are you? Hey, you know what I, you know what I heard? I heard that you were on the internet today looking for 
guide you to a place where you can get this car insurance. And so there and robocalls, I would say, are a form of targeting, too, because robocalls are out of hand, and you can get a person four hours, their phones are ringing off the hook with robocalls because somebody decided to target you and uh, send your information to some website or, or someplace where now you're getting junk calls and junk mail. It's a form of harassment, and it certainly uh, is uh, a form of targeting. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Dr. John Hall with us. We'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. From the Pacific Office Automation Studios, this is FM News 101 KXL. Dr. John Hall's with us tonight on Ground Zero, 877-733-1011. We go to Jack in California. Hi, Jack, you're on Ground Zero. So, you know, California already has the red flag laws mm -hmm. and doctors are mandated. So it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, imagine that people are following you and you're hearing that's probably going to trigger uh, some kind of crisis report. And we but I don't think it's going to be limited to guns. I could see people losing their drugs things. And I was just, you mentioned um, we have to get control of the government. Well, I don't see that happening. But do you see a possibility of some type of, um, of a coming dark age where people start to reject te technology? I could, I could see that coming, and it's already to some extent happening. I mean, you're seeing more and more people try to move into rural areas and away from urban centers, which is exactly going against the grain of of, of what at least the, the government institutions of New World Order want in Agenda 21, which is, you know, their goal is to collect us tighter into urban centers for easier control. You know, as far as, you know, kind of taking control of the government, I, I think we're at a point where it's probably still possible. I think um, just the fact that we were that, uh, an outsider was elected another problem. Get other people with through Congress as well, and um, but it's hard when you have the major media, which is basically on the side of going more toward a socialist bent, actually kind of force feeding them. Is a good thing, and you know our public school system. We've got to thank for that too. I mean, if you're talking to someone who's under 50, your opening statements, Clyde, the, the young people now you don't know the war and any of that well enough to to know what they're asking for when they see socialism as a good thing. Well, and like I said before too, and I and I'm, I'm going to make this statement again. If your kids know the political leanings of your teacher, that teacher should be fired. I don't think a teacher should be pushed uh, getting their getting their school children to march on behalf of their political leanings. And that's something that I'm very angry about, that I see that a lot, where you have teachers being well aware or uh, giving their political views. I mean, it's the same as giving your religious views. I think of it. Knows the, the religious views of his teacher. I think the teacher should be fired as well. 
many times with his idea of controlling and killing the populace. And of course, he was a CFR member. He organized Council on Foreign Relations, which of course was think tanks used to pretty much put together the blueprint for what I call the eschaton, or the idea of what the end times or the end times of our government would be and how they would eventually build the bridge to a more state socialist government. This has been in the planning stages for a good long time. Jack, thank you so much for the call. And Dr. John Hall, thank you so much for being a part of the program tonight. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always good to be on, Clyde. Thank you so much. Coming up, we're going to be hearing from doc, uh, Dr. Matthew Arngard. So stay with us. Keep calling in with your questions. We'll have experts on the program all night long to talk about what it means to be a targeted individual and what the future holds for those who are targeted and, and what that means for Americans. Right here on Ground Zero. Listen to GroundZero.com. That's listen to GroundZero.com to listen well into the nighttime. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We'll be right back with more. Don't go away. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Ground Zero. So this is where the first guy got AIDS. Peter, this is the site of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Oh, so Saddam Hussein did this? No. The Iraqi army? No. Some guys from Iraq? No. That one lady who visited Iraq that one time? No, Peter, Iraq had nothing to do with this. It was a bunch of Saudi Arabians, Lebanese, and Egyptians financed by a Saudi Arabian guy living in Afghanistan. So you're saying we need to invade Iran? Thank you. 
weeks after the new president, President Trump, they call him patient zero, actually. He noises outside his home. He said it was a noise. And turn up the television. And this is what the diplomat told ProPublica, uh, Pro which is a newspaper. Uh, patient Zero discussed the sound with his next-door neighbor, who also worked at the embassy. The neighbor said, yeah, he too had heard noises, which he described as mechanical sounding. Several months later, a third staffer at the embassy described suffering from hearing loss. He associated with strange sounds that he was hearing. He, he had uh, bombarding him. Before long, more and more people at the embassy were talking about it. They too started to get sick. The symptoms were as diverse as mental stupor, hearing problems, headaches. And also, two dozen people for testing. The outbreak in the U.S. Embassy in Cuba pop up in the headlines. Around the same time, around the time the embassy officials were preparing to fly home, more than 20 students at an Oklahoma high school suddenly came down with baffling symptoms that were similar. And also uncontrollable muscle spasms, paralysis. These things were happening to them. A few years before that, a similar incident at a school in upstate New York had caught the attention of the local Fox News affiliate there, which sent parents into a panic over the possibility that their children had been stricken by an unidentified immune disorder. But the Cuban mystery, that Cuban mystery, the Something about it just didn't make sense. It was not some environmental mishap. It was not hysteria. It was something more diabolical. Encouraged by U.S. officials, the story emerged that these incidents were an attack. In, in the case of the diplomats, they were calling it an act of war. Some kind of acoustic weapon had been secretly aimed at these individuals. What is most disconcerting, though, is that it's not some conspiracy or secret that the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency had long been working to develop an arsenal of sound and active denial weapons. The Pentagon was also proud of a weapon that, that used lasers to beam messages in the minds of soldiers and civilians. Some of these weapons you may have heard of. We talked about the Medusa Horn or Medusa, M-E-D-U-S-A, which stands for Mob Excess Deterrent Using Silent Audio. And then there's LRAD, which stands for Long Range Acoustic Device. So these weapons are known by a lot of people. They're known to cause excruciating pain when you... Joint Non-Lethal Weapons Directorate is a project aimed at developing new technologies that can both enhance brain function and also shut down parts of the brain to disable the person for apprehension, to apprehend them if they're a criminal. There's also new techno technologies provided by the Pentagon that are able to transmit clear snippets of human and to accomplish this task, the weapons plasma effect, which involves firing an incredible With enough laser bursts fired at the light frequencies, the plasma vibrations can actually mimic human speech. And this technology will enable military personnel to target specific people with messages putting themselves at minimal risk. So 
The talking laser has been called a communication tool. However, slight variations can make the weapon useful for more aggressive controls on individuals and, and crowds. For example, JNLWP scientists are also testing plasma laser, lasers that can burn through clothing to irritate human skin and lasers that can pulse at frequencies similar to flashbang grenades. Weapons such as these have allegedly been used by criminal elements that have targeted individuals who claim they are victims of gang stalking. Tonight on Ground Zero, it is Targeted Individual Day, and we are recognizing today with several distinguished guests that have a lot of information, uh, good information. Uh, about what this is. It, it, it's far greater than just people who say they. Tonight, we have brought into the studio, directly into the studio, Dr. Matthew Arngard. He has a, a PhD in neurobiology and behavior uh, from Cornell University. He, is, he also is a, a, a TI. Well, he used to be, a, he was a TI. He was targeted in Vancouver, British Columbia uh, by a corporate entity. Presently, he works inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., and he's gone. He actually, he's one of the co-organizers for TI Day here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, with us. It's a pleasure to be here, Clyde. Man, I'll tell you, I have learned a lot today. I think more so than I've ever learned because of TI Day and how it seems that uh, this goes beyond that of those who hear voices or more advanced and now we have new red flag laws and other laws where they're weaponizing psychiatry i think we're looking at more and more people who are going to find themselves targeted what do you say to that well uh, we've seen tremendous growth in this issue i've been connected to it um ever since i escaped from my targeting in vancouver in vancouver and then returned to the u.s and uh, i've been an activist ever since because it was an extremely violating situation of time uh, from 2016 to now, I, I've seen uh, tremendous growth um, in the number of victims that are coming forward. Are we finding that, I mean, you have a background in uh, neurobiology. Are we finding that uh, these weapons or whatever they may be, these uh, these weapons that are active, that are bringing people down, are, they find, are we finding that they're more neuro-based? We're looking at more uh, neurotech that's going in to basically disable people from you know, deep into their uh, It's hard to say um, about the development of the technology because I will point out that there are targeted individuals who have been letting for decades. And um, from what they say, the technology that's affecting the run of the mill targeted individual uh, is largely um, that doesn't rule out the possibility that there are some very advanced cases, but I think the vast majority of, of targeted individuals are getting this um, technology leakage that needs to go. You know, it's something uh, a lot of people don't realize, but something as simple as just a low frequency pulsing at your house or a low frequency pulsing on your phone. Are you crazy? I know that the uh, the woodpecker uh, that was uh, actually the woodpecker sound that was uh, developed by Russian uh, by Russians. In fact, uh, it was Oregon that was affected by the thing in the wires or something. But really, people were being targeted with this sound, and it was driving them absolutely crazy. My targeting did include uh, weaponry that caused the microwave auditory effect. I, I'm not a V2K victim, but uh, was a mechanical um, 
uh, dinging or almost like an alarm bell, but like a very a very um, mechanical or electronic alarm bell that's in my head. And um, I, I think that the that the rate of pulsing of that electronic dinging was um, exactly corresponded to the rate at which they were pulsing the energy. Um, I didn't get V2K, but I got um, some very strange visual phenomena. And we know that the targeting is all about uh, sensory intrusions or um, effects on your sensory system. So I'm very well aware of, of, what, you're, of your, what you're speaking about. Why do you think you were targeted? Well, I, I have a pretty good idea. I'm very um, fairly certain that um, in my um, high rise, it was the first time I lived in a high rise. And if you know anything about Vancouver, it's a, a very much like a glass city. And from my and saw a uh, non-residential building in which there was very suspicious activity going on, which um, slowly evolved into um, harassment. And at, at one point, um, I think it was basically, you know, targeting, they can tune the targeting. And really what they want to do is tune it down to a level where they're getting an effect but it's not obvious. That's the sweet spot. And they did that for a couple of years. And then um, I confronted them. And then overnight, it was the uh, essentially silent army or hidden army of, of stalkers and the essentially military grade weaponry was, was brought out. Now, was this, uh, was this uh, harassment to get you to comply to something? Were you a whistleblower or was it a grooming process? I, I think the harassment, um, the, the, amped up harassment was meant to drive me out of out of my apartment and out of town but honestly i feel like i moved into a situation in which i was sort of witness to almost a center of harassment of this kind of harassment and at first i was i was observing it i am a scientist i'm a very observant person and when i see something strange i don't close my blinds i actually take steps to uh, i'm attracted to it and and i think that was what not what they wanted so you found yourself uh, being fascinated, intrigued, and you were exploring it, and they didn't want you to do that. They wanted you to be, they wanted you to kind of acting. I mean, I would be. What about, I mean, or did you find yourself working your way? I know you're not targeted anymore, you've told me. So, so what was it? Uh well, let, let me say one thing real quick. So uh, some of the suspicious behavior that I saw actually involved um, young males in and hiding among vegetation on the roof of this of this building and and you and one can say well how do you know they were people in guilty um, reflection from the ambient light off their binoculars and I and I tested that by illuminating their binoculars with lasers and I, I could get them to jump back and um, I, I tested the parameters and one time I, I, I guess I enraged them because one of the guys took off his ghillie suit and basically made threatening gestures um, at me. Right. Now to answer your other question, once it became, basically they turned my apartment into a hot war zone with non-lethal electromagnetic weapons. Mm -hmm. And uh, without giving them any notice, I basically uh, got, got in touch with family and I abandoned my apartment with zero notice and never returned. And and that might have helped me that I went underground for a year. No um, no car, uh, no driver's license. Um, I had family support and I stayed off the grid for a year. During that time, I wrote a essentially a report of 500 pages, which I sent to the RCMP.
and, and the FBI. Fantastic story with Dr. Matthew Arngard tonight on Ground Zero. PhD in neurobiology and behavior from Cornell University. We're very grateful to have him here tonight on TI Day, uh, targeting individuals. And as I said before, we're looking at a time uh, with the changing of the laws, the red flag laws, uh, the behavior laws, uh, the behavioral economics, all these things that are happening, and the social credit system they're proposing. We're going to be seeing a lot of people become targeted. They'll lose their livelihoods, they'll lose their, their their life, liberty, and their ability to own property. It's going to be a very interesting time, this sort of legislation law. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Back with more from Dr. Matthew Arms, our regular on grounds. FM News 101 KSL. This is Ground Zero on FM News 101. Dr. Matthew Arngard is with us tonight on Ground Zero. It is TI Day, and we're recognizing the targeted individual. And uh, he and I were having a discussion during the break about my concerns about extreme risk protection orders. You know, ever since Dayton, we've been emotionally charged with the idea that something needs to be done about guns. And, of course, uh, I know that a lot of people who consider, well, well, most of the people who are involved in these shootings are mentally ill. And I thought, you know, okay, you keep saying that. And yeah, maybe they are mentally ill. They're eventually going to be made laws where they're going to find ways to determine that you are mentally ill. And it gives them the advantage over you. It makes you of a, of a servant to what would be, a, you know, a, a, I don't know, a, a tyrannical government. And so they, they, they create these things called extreme risk protection orders. Uh, they call them red flag laws, but they're actually extreme risk protection orders where they actually wonder if you are at extreme risk, where they do a threat assessment on you. You do a threat assessment on your children in schools, and if they show any signs of being withdrawn or isolated, it's dissociative. And, and a lot of children, you know, find themselves in a situation where they wonder if they're under some sort of control or they're being harassed. You have a lot of young people who come forward and say that they think they may be harassed. Generally, we have a, a, an older age demographic in this community, um, but even at the rally today, we, we had that were under 18 um, at the rally, and we're seeing more of that, but I, I'm not sure if the younger demographic has, having less maturity, has a harder time and um, perhaps that's part of it. Um, perhaps they're not being targeted as much because they're um, not um, desired result. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it is an older demographic generally. How do you separate schizophreniform activity from what is going on here? Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, but um, I, I um, people that have schizophrenia have um, language um, impacts on their language. And so uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, you know, you kind of 
and schizophrenia, we all have an intuitive sense of that. They're, they have a hard time communicating. They have a hard time, even in extreme cases, forming um, thoughts, coherent thoughts. And the targeted individual community, um, by and large, doesn't have that. So um, we, we have an intuitive sense that this is a group different from schizophrenics who you see, um, you know, mumbling to themselves on the streets and, and whatnot. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, and I think a lot of people when you're involved and you, and you get to know these people, I mean, there's more to it than just hearing voices. There's more to it than the electronic harassment. I was talking about that with Dr. Hall. I said, you know, there's even people now that are saying they feel like they're being financially harassed but beyond, beyond the fact that, you know, there's identity theft, but beyond identity theft, there's also what would be a, a gaslighting effect that's going on. It's people start to have this this ability to become subservient to whatever it is that's harassing them. They are becoming worn down, and they and they don't know what else to do except to basically uh, uh, obey. Either they obey or they don't obey, and if they don't obey, then it becomes harder for them. I can I can relate to that. I can that did not happen to me. I guess I have the personality, and I was able to break the perimeter so to speak but it took an extreme move and i um i, I guess i also have a kind of a um a fighting type personality a a, a resistant personality mm -hmm. um but I, I can relate to imagine i can imagine if i was in that situation for a decade it, it would wear me down and um it would be it'd be horrific yeah i, I think uh, that's i think that's one of the things is that we need where we're in a situation where extreme risk protection orders will be enforced, that we have to be a little bit more uh, considerate, I think, uh, of what people are saying. That's what it calls and saying, up, oh, got to call the cops, up, oh, got to do a visit, up, oh, got to do that. And immediately they're put into uh, jails or they're put into psychiatric wards. With needs to be focused on it. and this makes it harder for everybody and this is why these laws i think are draconian they should not be uh, at all being enforced or they should be taken away because they certainly arm guard with us tonight on ground zero the numbers to call tonight 877-733-1011 that's 877-733-1011 i'm Clyde lewis you're listening to ground zero and we'll be back fm news 101 ksl Hey guys, it's Clyde, and I'm excited to tell you about Longevity, a supplement company that I've been associated with since 2016. After one year, I lost 140 pounds and felt so much more energetic. Since 1997, Longevity has had one objective, to enhance the lives of people through lively health and wealth. Dr. Joel Wallach and Longevity have pioneered the mineral supplement market, spreading the 90 for life message throughout the world. Over the years, In the health supplement market. If you'd like to feel healthier, look better, you can go to our special. That's www.groundzeroforlife.com or talk to one of our health specialists by calling 877-877-4202. That's 877-877-4202. More with Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on FM News 101. On top of all this, fiend that stalks Missouri. Get out, get out, get out of my head. 
tonight on Ground Zero. You know, we were discussing during the break. He and I are talking like gangbusters during the breaks, and I want to bottle everything and just kind of throw it back out there. Uh, the villain of targeted individuals is now evident with Google. Tell me about that. Well, I I believe it. Uh, so. It's hard to know to what extent that's happening. I know that um, on targeted individual content, comments are quickly um, neutralized. Uh, the comments are essentially suspended. Um, and uh, it, it even seems that uh, sometimes, um, I can't say for sure that I know the, all the parameters around that. And um, we just have a sense or a suspicion that our our content is not being pushed um, equally when there will be lawsuits because that is a type of discrimination against a very serious issue. Uh, we don't have very good direct evidence of that, um, but of course we're not inside Google. So, well, and it was funny when I was doing research today. I was uh, typing in, you know, what the overall attitudes were about targeting individuals. There was an article I was reading. I can't remember what source it was from. And it was really interesting how cynical the article was about targeting. When the loneliness comes, the aliens arrive. When the isolation comes, the voices are heard. It's almost like, you know, people just eventually develop schizophrenic disorders. And it's detected a very young age. And it's very rare for you to pick up on schizophrenia later on in your life or to pick up on the voices or what have you. I mean, I know dementia may set in, but this isn't dementia. Um, it's actually a mischaracter of the targeted individual inside it. And if you're a sensitive person and you're willing to look into the topic, to drill down into it, you'll quickly find that aren't um, lonely and, and looking for attention. Um, actually, we're doing the right thing and speaking out. And, and I think there'll come a day when people will, will look back and, and be proud of, of us for doing that. I mean, this is a simplistic question, but it's gotta be said, what is wanted? What is the overall goal? Well, that's a tricky question because I I, I actually, my, my personal view is that this targeting playbook, this organized stalking and harassment playbook, and even the weaponry, the um, directed energy devices, um, improvised microwave weapons, I believe that's spreading culturally. And so I don't think there's a single entity doing this. And so uh, what's wanted is, 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 um, is various things. Just awareness, right? Um, there might be a, a larger um, overarching, more sinister uh, thing, but I, I can't really go there. I'm, right. I'm reluctant to say anything because it's a it's a black box. Well, I, I agree. I, I want I want people to understand that, you know, when you're dealing with this thing, there is always a government. There is always a government. Well, it's not just the government. I mean, you have corporate entities to know how to use this. You have criminal elements that use this. Drug cartels use this, uh, you know, and government agencies use this. We know that a lot of veterans are being targeted. We know a lot of people who have had relationships with the CIA, maybe NSA, a lot of security groups, psychological operation groups, they become targeted. Uh, you know, I even, uh, I think I remember you telling me that you were targeted because some of the work you did for the government. Am I correct? Was that the government of Canada or was that another government agency? No, I wasn't working for the government of Canada. I okay. think you're, you're probably thinking of someone else. Okay. I, I was targeted just because of proximity to what appeared to be an organized, a white collar organized crime group. Okay. Um, possibly a center of this harassment because 
Well, okay. Before I was targeted. All right, all right, because I mean, maybe I did confuse you with someone else. Let's go to uh, Nate in Canada. Hi, Nate. You're on Ground Zero. Nate, hi. You're on Ground Zero. Thank, thank you so much. I, I'd like to firstly uh, support uh, uh, dialogue by quoting Dr. Robert Becker and. Uh, Quote, obvious application in covert operations designed to drive a target crazy with voices. <laughs> uh, they're doing this. Um, and secondly, I'd like to uh, ask uh, the second guest if they know about uh, Donald Friedman. Ten years ago, I'd call him... I I don't know Donald Friedman, and um, but I heard from from targets and even some Canadian targets who uh, claim, um, and I have no reason to doubt them, that they were targeted more than starting more than ten years ago. So, uh, what do you mean by um, targeted individual patient zero? Oh, uh, ten years ago, he. I'm not sure of his backstory, but he believes he was targeted by the U.S. government, of course, and uh, he uh, filed uh, freedom of information requests. And one of the documents he uh, drug up was from the U.S. Army, and it, it was titled Bioeffects of Selected Non-Lethal Weapons, which discussed weapons that can uh, beam voices into people's heads, give them seizures, and even cause epileptic seizures. And this is a quote, and this is from their patent. I'm, I'm familiar with that document. I've, it's, a, it's a back pocket classic of TIs, and I'm grateful that the Department of Army released that document. Um, in, in all fairness, uh, that document, I believe, was written as a, a list of um, things that were in development and not not necessarily in use. But I do know the document you're talking about. It's a it's an important document. Yeah, I was just going over uh, Friedman's statement. Uh, apparently, it says here Friedman believed that the Secret Service agents had, among other things, arranged to have him molested when he was 13, fired an electromagnetic radiation-based weapon at him that caused his shoes to melt, uh, fired a similar weapon at his father that caused him to develop prostate cancer and eventually killed him. Prior to this time, Friedman had apparently filed a Freedom of Information Act request for Secret Service records pertaining to him, but was dissatisfied with the response he received. Friedman handed his letter to the FBI, FBI uh, agent on duty at the front desk of the field office. The agent read the letter and asked Friedman three times whether he was sure that he really wanted it delivered to the special agent. Uh, Friedman responded each time in the affirmative. The agent explained to Friedman that the letter constituted a threat against a federal officer and therefore a federal crime. Friedman replied that he understood that he was about to commit a federal crime as a result of delivering the letter that he expected to be arrested that day. Finally, the agent asked Friedman if he really intended to torture Secret Service agents if his demands were not met, and Friedman confirmed that he did. Friedman was then placed under arrest and subsequently charged with one count of threatening to assault a federal officer. But apparently, Friedman has maintained at all times a position that he has been harassed, that he was harassed a lot, that he was also molested, and that he's perfectly competent to stand trial. So that's that's pretty much uh, the Friedman case, uh, the, uh, the uh, Donald Friedman case in a nutshell. Does that help you, Nate? 
thank you for that. You bet. Thank you for calling. Let's go to Liam in California. Hi, Liam. You're on Ground Zero. Hey, Clyde. Thanks so much. Um, oh, man, you guys have my, my synapses popping tonight. Um, so I think um, we should teach a course to um, kids called the horrors or the perils of human nature. Um, I was a school teacher who was targeted. And um, what's really sad is um, I should have seen it all coming. You know what I mean? Um, I should have seen that I, I, I was a little bit front and center and um, I would, you know, question um, that, you know, it's, it's California. You know, some of the stuff we do out here is stupid, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, it's um, like sending you know, sending our board of directors on a trip to um, China um, with taxpayer money. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, and, 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 you know, like grandma said. Well, let's let's like, go yeah, back to, I want to go back to, how did you see it coming? I just want to get this story out because we're running out of time, Liam. So how did you see this coming as a um, teacher? Well, I think what happened was, just if, if I would have known how wicked people will be if they're threatened, that they will throw you in the gutter and rationalize that they were right and sleep like a baby at night. Some of them. Did you, I mean, did I you cross someone? Is that what happened with your with your targeting? Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, I crossed people because um, you know I questioned like wasting wasting money. Um, just, you know, just to give one little example, like I did, it's just, just wasting money that's supposed to go to question that to a threat. It's like, and you know, like the, you got weapon is somebody to make themselves and Make you sick and kill you. Basically, get into your bank, and you're thinking, How did this happen? Why is my I'm getting the money because I have an aunt that was dying, and I just really peculiar and that is that this um basically these uh targeting uh techniques are age yeah we just have a high-tech spin to them now but uh, really they they're as old as humanity it's gaslighting yeah it's a, it's a form of gaslighting liam thank you for the call it, it's, it's a form of gaslighting with technology they can do it a lot better now they can fool you into thinking you've done one thing when you haven't or they i mean it's just it's just an amazing way that they can do this and that's why i worry about uh, these new laws and these threat assessments and these social programs or these social credit programs that they want to initiate because they can certainly target people and mark them uh, and they would have a horrible life in the process. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Tonight on Ground Zero, targeted individuals. That's what we're talking about. If you're a targeted individual, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you know someone that has been, or if you want to know more information, ask more questions. We have Dr. Matthew, Matthew Arngard with us tonight on Ground Zero. We'll be right back with more. 877-733-1011. We've opened a few lines, so if you had a hard time getting in, they're open now. 877-733-1011. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. 
SM News. Do justice to targeting individuals, and the reason why is because for the longest time, TIs have been, you know, ridiculed, vilified, and I don't think talk show hosts have, uh, have really taken a serious look into the phenomenon. We're looking at electronic harassment, synthetic telepathy. We're looking at uh, cognitive dissonance. We're looking at uh, uh, basically violations of cognitive liberty. See, that's the thing too, uh, Matthew, is that we, you know, we're running into uh, cognitive liberty issues, and that is that you know, the founding fathers when they put together the Constitution, when they put together your, the amendments to the to the rights you have, and all this. You know, I don't think they even considered the fact that you know when we're searching, you, know, so you you have the right not to be searched. Well, do you have the right not to have your brain tampered with, or to be harassed, or to have your your mind opened up like it's a like like it's a can of worms, and you just go in there and look into it and see what's going on, or maybe monitor people what they talk about and what they do. Absolutely, cognitive and mental human rights are are coming. There are a lot of people that feel rather hopeless about this situation, but I'm I'm an optimist, and I think the human spirit and um, and uh, human rights will will prevail. Um, and when when it does, the pendulum is going to swing back hard, and there's going to be ramifications basically in in all kinds of different aspects. And the founding fathers would absolutely uh, be supporting targeted individuals uh, right now. I really do believe that too. I just think that you know, once again, we have the Pentagon, we have uh, the Defense Department, DARPA, and all these groups that are proud of their silent weapons. They're proud of their active denial weapons, their voice to skull technology, their LRAD technologies. And while they're saying that these technologies will be used in the battlefield, we're, we're seeing them being used in gain-of-function exercises. What can be done that we can actually uh, petition and say the military has no right experimenting with – I mean, they, they, they eliminated the experiments allegedly back in the 1980s. Uh, and in fact, uh, during the church hearings, they found out that uh, you know this was being done with chemicals. We had all these – we had MK Naomi. We had, uh, of course, MK Ultra. We had all these other things that were being exposed. Now we have to deal with things like Project Pandora and dealing with all the other biological effects of low-level microwaves. And I don't think people really know about these programs and that they're being implemented and being used on American people. In a sense, um, I, I feel like it's possible that uh, – you mentioned Pandora. It just made me – think of the metaphor Pandora's box. In a sense, it's been opened, and I think the resistance to getting this situation under control is because of the consequences that, that are going to happen when people are outraged about this. Um, but because there's no accountability and there's such high deniability, people on the inside must know how dangerous this uh, this technology is. Oh, sure. They know the benefits. They know what they can use to uh... – uh, basically harm someone if they really want to target them and harm them, and that, that's available. If the, if the uh, technology exists, there is that potential that can be used for ill will. Dr. Matthew Arngard with us tonight on Ground Zero. Uh, if you want to chime into the show, I'm sure you have an opinion on this, or if you've experienced something like this, you can always call us 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Stay tuned. Dr. Matthew Arngard will be with us for another hour, and he'll be answering questions as well. Coming up on Ground Zero, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. We'll be back aboard. Don't go away. 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. It's our final hour talking about targeting individuals. 
I was doing a search during the break of TI targeting individuals and what a lot of the websites say about it. And I, I saw something that was interesting that uh, insensitive, okay, very insensitive, because you can tell that the person who wrote the article was ill-informed and ignorant about what it is, what, what this all entails. They, the, the person who wrote the article said that they, they, it said gangs was no, targeted individuals when mental illness becomes coordinated, meaning that people who are mentally ill have found a way to group with others who have the same mental illness and have decided to, be, to become a, a, a cult or a group. It is so far from the truth, and I'll tell you why. Because when you're looking at... A minimal amount of talk show hosts, a minimal amount of documentary writers and producers that give an opinion or give uh, an editorialized version of the story, if they don't know enough about it, they'll just go off and say, this is the way it is. And the balanced thing would be, as I've asked many questions before about, uh, let's let's kind of divide the schizophrenia, the schizophrenic form, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, concepts and put them to the test with targeted individuals. Targeted individuals are those who are experiencing various forms of surveillance harassment. That's why I think it's important after we've heard about red flag laws and other surveillance laws, that surveillance harassment is something that it is. It's more so surveillance harassment than it is anything else, okay? Just about all TIs experience chronic, highly organized stalking. Many targets also experience the sudden, uh, sudden inexplicable fracturing of personal and work relationships. Businesses are sabotaged and become impossible to sustain. Items from locked homes and cars are routinely found missing. Computers consistently malfunction and appear to be externally controlled. Phones are hacked. Automobiles need constant repair. Then... There are what appear to be electronic assault activities affecting both the mind and body. Symptoms range from burning sensations or in various parts of the body we have these burning sensations or they start hearing internal voices. But it's not that the voices are saying kill, kill, kill. The voices are saying, guess what? We got you and we are going to continue to harass you. Okay. So these internal voices that basically push people. And, and wear them down. You have uncontrolled movements of the arms and legs. You have deterioration of muscle mass and bone mass because of, of what's going on. Various parts of the body are, are certainly being, uh, being uh, you know, reduced or destroyed. Okay. And this is something that I think is very important. And that is what it does is it creates a life that is full of uncontrolled or actually what I'd say unrelenting fear, resentment, pain, despair. In the United States, the military is credited with having developed the technology to implement this stuff, okay? They are very glad to tell you that they have this type of technology. But then there are other groups who will be very glad to tell you that the people that say this technology is being used on them are crazy. Now, how is that happening? Why is that happening? I mean, everything they've got, every every uh, silent weapon they have is there to implement this fantastic campaign to destroy the human psyche. But that's not the whole, that's not the whole story. Okay, that's, that's, not, that's not it. 
The reality is, is that targeting is by no means limited to being an American or being having it as an American problem. Obviously, with my guest tonight, we know this, okay? The truth is, targets are there. Targets have a reason for being targeted. And tonight, we have Dr. Matthew Arngard with us on Ground Zero to talk about this. Of course, once again, from Canada, okay? You're, you're Canadian, and you were targeted, and uh, you were targeted for a number of reasons. How many people that you've talked with, what are some of the reasons they say they're targeted? Actually, I'll make a quick correction. I'm a U.S. citizen. I was working in Canada when I was targeted. Okay. And uh, that was a, a, a fortunate situation for me because I was able to return to my native land, which took me out of the targeting situation. Um, if I was Canadian, maybe the system could have followed me uh, better in that country. Okay. Of course, the, the reciprocal happens to U.S. citizens. Now, uh, as to motives, um, one of one of the um, most sensible motives um, that I've heard are basically um, evict them from that course potentially. Um, sensible reasons, but honestly reason is one that they have no idea so it, it, it seems like a kind of a game a way but once brought up in phones telling me that you know there's a conspiracy to get everybody acclimated to targeting, and that is your smartphone, because she was telling me that she felt that she was a victim of electronic harassment. She believed that someone was targeting her, and they were using microwave technology to beam voices into her head. And she expressed to me the idea that smartphones, smartwatches, they're gateway devices for creating artificial telepathy. And, and, I, and I never heard the term artificial telepathy before until I, uh, I read the email, and she explained that her she had this smartwatch and she says when you look at smartwatches they're electronic assistance to your phone and then it's a convenience to use a watch instead of looking at the phone so you're looking at the watch on the phone and you're trying to synchronize both but she says this acclimation is the idea of think tap receive think tap receive think it's an exercise that eventually will become a mental imperative. It's like brushing your teeth or automatically using a car signal to make a turn. And no longer will you have to physically answer your phone or your watch. You just think, tap, receive. Think, tap, receive. And, and that's the thing is that it becomes more or less a, a model for mind reading. It's a model for grooming. It's a model for the continuation of, uh, of pushing this, like they would say it's a science fiction model of grooming people into accepting the idea that their thoughts are not going to be their own, that they can actually be pushed into thinking a certain way. And, and with these devices, we certainly are all going to become targeted individuals because we're not going to have any control over choice or cognitive liberty or anything else because we're you or the algorithm. 
uh, believing or um, grappling with targeting or understanding it, uh, or, or maybe they don't even believe it and they think it's nonsense. Um, I think they can understand how these devices that we have coupled with Facebook and these little rewards that you get for going through that cycle of tapping and and uh, receiving and tapping and looking that you were just giving, um, you know, they get a little dopamine surge. It's very much like a slot machine. And uh, I, I think it's in, it makes intuitive sense. Um, we all know that there's like addiction to um, internet and devices and it's, uh, and and you know if if you can believe that then what what you're saying there's a, just a, it's just a couple steps beyond that well they call it the dopamine squirt you get yeah. a little dopamine here right. or you get a little oxytocin there but people don't realize that they can get the oxytocin and dopamine by doing other things like petting a cat hugging someone right. giving them a kiss saying hello getting a smile right. out of the deal and but you see it, when they you can get too much dopamine there's dopamine poisoning that goes on and, and that's another thing is that if if there are things that raise the levels of dopamine or dismiss or diminish the levels of dopamine electronically. We're looking at people that will have ups and downs, highs and lows. They can mimic things like manic depression, for example, isolation, things that I worry about because when you're bombarded constantly with these things, you really don't want to go out. You really don't want to uh, participate in anything because you're afraid of this is the point. The whole point of this is to make you appear to be mentally ill. Well, I think that what we see, you know, longevity, uh, average longevity in the U.S. Uh, started declining. That happened recently, that that turning point. And I think with, um, with the spread of targeting in the near future, what we're going to see is um, – basically an epidemic of cognitive decline and uh, Alzheimer's and things like that. That's that's a prediction. Um, so there's going to be chronic effects that we won't see right away that are going to be population level that are really going to be tough questions. Do you think that'll be uh, a byproduct of 5G technology and the smart cities that are going to be proposed for the future? It it could be. Uh, obviously, the experiment on 5G hasn't been done, so we're going to be living in the soup of 5G, and that's going to be an experiment that we will only see the effects when this those kinds of effects um, proactively or preemptively. So a few people have to die and lose their minds before we finally realize that 5G is basically screwing with us. I'm not sure if 5G is going to be screwing with us, but we'll we'll find out. Yeah, we, we've been seeing a lot of... Uh, uh, experiments have gone wrong where birds have died or, you know, we've, we've read about those situations where, you know, the, the magnetite in the brain sometimes, you know, it goes off and the birds fly into things and die. And You make an important point, actually. Yeah. When you were um, talking about um, the schizophrenic, I, I'm not sure the word you used for it, but schizophreniform. Schizophreniform. And um, you were, you were uh, delving into that and explaining that. Well, actually, um, these sensory phenomena that targeted individuals get – their pets get them too. We also have targeted individuals that experience these in groups. They're witnesses for each other. And about so their pets are affected. This is amazing. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Hold yeah. the phone. Their pets are affected. Well, when, if you hear the high-pitched um, microwave auditory effect and the, the, the width of the beam is big enough, you know, you can feel these beams. You, you can tell oh, yeah. when you're in the beam. Uh -huh. It's not just a high-pitched ringing. It's also other effects. Sure. And if your dog is in that uh, field as well, they'll start looking around for the for the signal and um there are also visual sensory effects even targeted individuals don't like to talk about them because they really sound 
wild and out there. But um, the, the visual um, sensory intrusions were happening to me in Vancouver. And the cat that I was taking care of, it wasn't my cat, but it was responding to these um, through wall visual effects. And the last thing I'll say is that um, small animals, birds especially, we hear reports of chickens and people's pet birds um, uh, being killed by this because they have a smaller cranium and they're very susceptible to these uh, microwave energy fields. It's amazing. That's that's one thing I haven't heard in the whole time I've uh, discussed this with doctors and, and the people who are in the field saying that pets are affected or animals can be affected if they're in the way of the beams. It only makes sense. I never really thought about it. It only makes sense. I wonder why I never thought about it. And it's, it's, it's certainly not schizophrenia when, when you have a, you know, a cluster like I that. I fully agree with you there. Dr. Matthew Arngard with us tonight on Ground Zero, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. Definitely the most informative show on TI I've done in a long time because the experts tonight are amazing. And they're here to ask your questions from Dr. Hall earlier. And now Dr. Arngard with us tonight on Ground Zero, 877-733-1011. That's 877-733-1011. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. FM News 101 KXL. Glad to have him here. Uh, he was involved with uh, the gatherings today, uh, the, the get-togethers for the targeted individuals. Do I say hi to a few people who may be listening tonight? Sure. Um, I, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, my co-coordinator, Ella Free, at Freedom Workshop in a uh, big... Um, personality in the TI community and of FFTI, Freedom for Targeted Individuals, which I work with, actually sponsored the event here in Portland. But we did it in partnership with Alliance to End Targeting. And that's this umbrella group that that coordinated um, more than 30 events around the world, ar around 15 in the US and approximately 15 in other countries. Right. And uh, there's many people involved in that, but I'd just like to quickly say that two movers and shakers that really are pushing that effort are Shayla Avance and Earl Watts. And of course, Lewis, Lewis Rowe is the person who originated the TI Day concept. Fantastic. Let's go to Dave in New York. Thank you, Dave, for your patience. And you're on Ground Zero. Go ahead.
thousand people in the seating yeah. area. And so I took a panoramic view when we joined this when we were doing the speeches and then I counted at least a hundred yeah. there. That's where we would meet again. It was good. It was better than awesome. I thought. Awesome. I look forward to seeing the video. Yeah, me well, yeah, me too. Matthew has it also, but Meeg's did an amazing job and, and if you go to our Facebook page and mm -hmm. um and just look up Matthew Ella, um and you can see I tried to post a lot of other people. Ed, Eduardo Colon has one as well, um, a Facebook Alliance and Targeting, who is um, who has all the original people that kind of got the day going, Targeting Individual Day with Scott Lewis's concept. And so you can go to Alliance and Targeting on Twitter. You can go to Alliance and Targeting on Facebook. You can visit the website. We're going to work on putting information up there. You know, I'm sure of that. And uh, so, yeah, we're slowly going to get it going. Okay. So, awesome. We're trying to do it quality. We're trying to. Matthew's going to take his time, go through it. The first thing we're going to do is put up some speeches and just uh, kind of uh, work on it. Uh, he, he likes to do things right, so he's going to take his time mm -hmm. to do it. Awesome. But, yeah. Well, well done. Wow. It was good. Oh, boy.
and medical school. It's not something that doctors are are even afraid to acknowledge it. So at this point in time, um, he can't actually see people in his office. Um, And Dr. Matthews, he works full time and he works behind the scenes more. Okay, well, I've written a book called The Vigilante Against You Community. And it's about uh, my, uh, more or less a chronological documentary about uh, the event that I was involved in. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I wrote this book in 2014. And in 2016, I actually recovered an implanted device because I had been given a CAT scan in 2013. And when I studied it and took it to the radiologist, he agreed that it was a foreign object. I bought a microscope camera. I recovered the object. I've got hundreds of images on on my Facebook page about it, of it, and uh, I've been kicked to the curb by every doctor and professional that I've tried to speak. Well, they're not trained on this, that's why. And uh, sometimes I think with the association of being in contact with targets, it it might put their um, it might uh, um, what's the word um, create a problem with their own reputation for being associated. But I do know several doctors who've had to back off because of uh, issues with their uh, with their medical license. I, I can see that. I understand that. Uh, but yeah, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to discuss in the book that in the book in 2014, I talked about this patent, these patent applications for this system and method of actually trying to capture a human consciousness and store it in an entity that can be transplanted into another entity. Computer, yeah. yeah. They're trying to or upload um, consciousness into a computer. Or upload embryo. But anyway, you should, uh, is the, but the patent that I wrote about the application in 2014 was approved 24 hours after I recovered the uh, implanted device from my ear. And it describes all the technology that is able to cause the effect most the kind of garbled. Pardon me? There's some garbling kind of noise, I should oh, say. Your your audio is garbled. Anyway, uh, the, the information is in my emails that I sent you that mm-hmm. have that and what have you. Uh, but uh, my point is, I have, and I've had the actual object on us electron microscope, so it has identified the the elements that are in this this component, which uh, pretty much uh, coincide with the David uh, Larson's spectrograph uh, analysis of his implant. So, right. you know, pretty decent evidence. One second, I'm going to have to mute the room. There's a lot of people who are unmuted, and we're hearing a lot of Okay, so, sir, Chuck, you can go ahead and start six, but we are going to move along. Um, I'm also wanting to check uh, if my speaker is here, if my um, interview, if you are here, just star six and just let me know you're here. Although we weren't able to confirm, she's in different time zone, so she's across the pond, so to speak. Let's see. So I'm looking for Martha. If you were here, just star six. That's me. Martha? Yeah. Hi. I'm so glad you made it. We didn't get to confirm on um, through uh, email exchanges, so I'm so happy you're here. So am I. Okay. I'm glad you made it. I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if she's going to make it, but gosh, I'm so, I feel so privileged to have you. So before we get started here, what I'm going to do is meet the room, and it'll just be you and I, and then we'll get started. So hold on just a second here. Okay.
Q&A session has started. Are you there? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Okay, let me get some light on here. So I'm just so glad. What time is it where you're at? It must be ungodly hours. It's 10 past 2 in the morning. Oh, goodness. Well, you sound well for someone who's at that late. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. Um, anyway, I'm so honored after looking at, the, at your work and seeing what you've done, and I just got more impressed with you. And as I mentioned in the email, you may not, I don't know if you were able to see it, um, I have a, another radio show. I would love to have you on. I have a larger uh, audience. I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Baker. We're on a... Um, we're on a channel together as long, uh, on Truth Frequency Radio. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Wow. Well, I've never done an interview before, so I think the smaller audience is better. Okay, great. Okay, so your book is, okay, let me grab your bio. I actually wasn't sure if you were going to be able to make it. So this is your first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me go ahead and I'm going to hit record and we will get started. Just a second. These uh, particular uh, interviews, because they're not live, they're a little, little less in, uh, formal, which might be nice if you have never. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, guys. The recording has started. Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday Night's Freedom for Target Individuals.org podcast, and I'm your moderator, Ella. You can join us live, which I encourage people to do every Tuesday and Thursday, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, by calling 515-606-5187 and entering the ID 400014-POUND, if you happen to be catching this on YouTube. And this is a solution, educational, activism-based podcast. Lots of views and opinions of my guests and participants are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially the feeling of empowerment. And so tonight we have a remarkable guest, and I'm just so, so elated to be able to share her with everyone. She's written a book that I know will be a great interest to all of the listeners. Um, so with me, I have Miss Martha Twine. Are you Mrs. or Miss? Mrs. 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 Martha Twine, and she is the author of a book called Kiss, Tear, Goodbye, and she was a British pensioner, is targeted by the North American Mafia. Oh, this is what the book is about. Sorry. So this book um, is uh, a woman who plays a British pensioner is targeted in by the North American Mafia who have teamed up with Al-Qaeda to plan a covert war on Western countries using secret electromagnetic technologies. Martha learns how to turn the tables on the perpetrators and later discovers how the secret technologies can be used as a force for good with the potential to solve many world problems. On her journey, Martha meets people from the NATO military intelligence services, top secret prison services, and some very advanced space scientists. Nothing is off limits, including visits to the moon, Mars, and other planets where life forms already exist. Martha's quest, which includes many unexpectedly lighter moments, ends up closer to home, where she's involved in a covert war on Europe and seeks to enlist the help of the U.S. military in highlighting the plight of victims of targeting in North America. And Mrs. Twine was born in London in 1948. She moved to Surrey in 1956. She's educated at the 
Guildford County School. She worked for over 40 years in the public sector, mainly in London and the Northeast, during which time she gained an account- accountancy qualification and worked in finance. She is now retired, where she enjoys gardening and singing in local choirs. So that's lovely. <laughs> so, anyway, so this book, so I guess one of the things before we get into this book, because I know this appeals to all of my listeners, and I know everybody, uh, whether it be tonight or tomorrow, um, I really suggest picking up this book. Uh, it's um, it, You can get it. Well, I can, I'll give you the details on where it can be purchased after the interview. So one of the things I wanted to ask, and I always ask people this uh, on the other show that I have, um, how did you end up as a writer? We'll kind of go back to the basics. Well, after um, I'd been experiencing a lot of really uh, unusual things for some time, I began to find out what it was about. And I could see that it would not be possible to communicate this to other people except in a book. And I felt it was important that there should be a book about all this, because even if nobody got the message right now, there would come a time when they would read it and know what I was talking about. And it was, to me, very important because uh, there were so many people suffering and um, this information needed to get out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how you became interested. And since in your time of living, what are some of the biggest things or some of the most notable political events in your time? that you have happened to see or come across or live through, so to speak? Well, I, I've lived quite a, 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 a moderate life and I haven't really been involved in um, anything big at all. Um, all the things, I, I just lived a quiet life. I worked for 42 years and um, I, I worked in the public sector all the time. However, obviously, um, I found my work in the public sector quite interesting, and um, although I can't really talk much about it, it was to do with that that I first got targeted. Mm, okay. And so when you say you first got targeted, what were some of your first experiences, and what was it that led you to believe that something um, out of the ordinary was occurring? Well, um, after I retired, uh, Immediately, I became aware um, of people who wanted me to move out of my house. And they were employing um, electromagnetic um, technologies to try and um, make me move. And also, uh, this happened to another person in, in the same house. And, I, and these people um, were from Asia. However, they, they talked, they were using um, ultrasound, a voice to skull type technologies. And um, I could on hear you? them talk on me. Yes, of course. I mean, I could hear all this. I was having all the same sort of experiences that most targeted individuals do. You know, I got um, uh, microchipped and all this kind of stuff. But I could hear them talking amongst themselves when they thought I wasn't there. And I began to, to piece things together. And I found out, um, this was about 2010, that um, because of my work, the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, um, were interested in spying on the activities 
in my office and they were trying to um, beam in on and listen to things that were going on. And um, it turned out that they hoped to continue to do that. But because I retired, I became less interesting to them. And um, in order to target me at all, because the IRA are not so proficient in these technologies as, as the mafia in North America, they had already teamed up with um, the mafia in North America and asked them to um, put microchips in my head and all this. And when I was no longer of interest to the IRA for their spying purposes, they just handed me over to the North Americans and said, oh, well, do what you want with her. Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning of how I became aware of what the life is like uh, of targeted individual. But I also, because of a rather unusual situation that um, the IRA had hoped to force me to cooperate in work with them, that I had been put on what you might call um, an officer's, um, officer's computer system because all these, um, all these uh, perpetrators, they are on different computer systems and most of them are, have limited range, but the one that I was put on gave me much greater access to hear and understand and reach into, um, mainly through ultrasound, uh, all, all that was going on. And, and I don't think that the North American mafia were aware of that. Okay, so, so you were able to hear a lot of that going on. I could, I could hear everything. I could see everything that was going on. And, I mean, if you... People often refer to the movie called The Matrix. I must say that it is so accurate that it's quite astonishing. You can be in two worlds and you can shift between one and the other like that. So although I didn't really understand for a long time what was going on, uh, I could see and I could make notes and I could start to figure out to, for myself that what I was looking at was a large group of criminals coming from different parts of the world who could live in an environment where they could attack people who are outside without being seen and they could carry out whatever evil things they wanted to totally without scrutiny inside their world. So we had Al-Qaeda on one side um, and then we had um, the IRA, the Irish um, terrorists. And we also had a lot of people that I'd never met before who all came from North America. And um, they, they split into two groups. Uh, we had a lot of Canadians on one side and then we had people from the States on the other. And, and um, they all had their own agendas, but uh, they, they had kind of got together in what they called the International Unity Guild, which is a bit like um, the United Nations is for terrorists. They called it the International Unity Guild. And um, you, all the people there, they lived an entire double life, which they lived in this place like the Matrix, which you had to actually be put into on the computer system and also to have um, an electromagnetic transformation done so that your part of you was living a life that other people could not see. And in that life, you could do things um, to other people and you couldn't be caught, or at least that's what people believed. However, as I found out later on, 
individuals are normally in civilian life and so they might know what's going on but they cannot interfere with that and that's the big difficulty for them. I don't know if I'm making any sense here. It makes sense to us, yeah. Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm yeah. very intrigued with these different groups and I'm wondering if they had the technologies, advanced technologies, I mean I could presume so, that they would use the technology against each other's group to obtain and gather information and possibly take control in certain regards to their groups. Yes, you're, you're so right. Well, they spent a lot. They all spend a lot of time fighting each other. That's um, what I always imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you can see them doing this because I was able to see everybody doing everything. Um, and unfortunately, uh, a very sad side of this is that. Uh, they did people trafficking because, you know, they're mafia. So they did people trafficking and child trafficking was a very big part of their business. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, they they would torture children and I, I, I would watch because uh, I, I could see everything that was going on. And I'm sorry to say this, but um, some people who are would call Islamic State people who were working with the North Americans, they expected to be paid by access, part of their pay was um, access to very young children for um, sexual purposes. Okay, when I think, you know, age two years old, that kind of age. Oh, I, I know. I, well, I have a hard time understanding that any human being is capable of some, doing something like that, but we all know that it it is. It's just such yes. a hard well, thing to wrap your mind I do cover this in my book. Um, but, um, I mean, it is hard to understand that even the North American, um, what should we call them, uh, terrorists, uh, the perpetrators, they, they used to have arguments uh, with the uh, Islamic State people and they used to shout at them saying, please wait till they're six years old. I mean, okay, that sounds bizarre, but uh, so they did, everyone had their own image of what's, Good behavior but um so it was very very uh traumatic watching all these people torturing each other mm. however one day one day i saw i mean i i saw a man being um picked on by lots of others and without um thinking about it i just i waded in because i just you know you would if you could he was an old man and they were all making fun of him and torturing him and i just waded in to hit the man who'd ordered it and I just carried on and before I knew what had happened um, he was dead and I hadn't even known and I was so angry about it that this white space on the ground where I had hit him so this was how I learnt that um, I had abilities to do things in the in this electromagnetic uh, uh, a victim and a witness because they were always attacking me too here and that's what was a little bit like you know in the matrix there's a victim and suddenly because of difficult circumstances discovers wait a minute i can actually do things here so 
from these very early stages, I began to learn how I could um, rescue kids, could pick people up and take them to some place of safety. And the safety, the, um, the military authorities, and, um, and the women, I mean, at first there wasn't much interaction with them, but because of the large number of people that I was constantly picking up, the gate portals where I could um, bring these uh, victims to be uh, taken to place of safety, transferred out of the electromagnetic environment, and um, often they needed medical attention and things like that. And of course, with all these young children, you know, they had no parents. Uh, some of them had been bred um, to be trafficked, but a lot of them came from the Irish Republic, I must say. Um, and so we found out that they'd come from orphanages and places like that uh, mm. and been smuggled out at an early age, perhaps, you know, babes in arms, and had no, no other life, which is pretty bad. And also, although I won't dwell on this, I'm sure you've heard about an old, you know, how there is it's a North American mafia approach to training children using cranial implant tortures so that they sort of develop um, a different personality, which then can be... Um, like MKUltra disassociation, uh, through disassociation, they, um, is that what you were referring to? It's sort of like... I didn't know it was mafia, yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, I had I had read about this, but I didn't actually, uh, I'd never come across it, but um, there were people here from North America. They were um, these sort of like research scientist people. Um, they were all, all perpetrator types, and they were doing this to children. And in fact, there was some, uh, I was talking to a female terrorist who'd come from Vancouver, and um, where she'd She'd had a, she's got a baby and she heard that maybe it was safer to take her baby to the British Isles because she thought that then that they wouldn't do that to her baby. But when she got here, she found out that these um, scientists were here too. And she was so worried that she went back to Vancouver. So that gives you an idea of the background of you know, the really terrible experience of the people who actually were doing the targeting as well as the ones that were on the receiving end. They were nearly all people who were either had been caught by being in debt um, and the people who caught them were actually forcing them into this work or else they were people who had been in prison. A very large majority of them had almost everybody been in prison and they had then been um, blackmailed into working in this environment. You know, also, of course, we had a lot of paedophiles who easily blackmailed and a, a large number of people who were gamblers, compulsive gamblers, and a few alcoholics, people like that. So all these um, people were the kind of um, uh, foot soldiers that the mafia and other people were using to um, be the workforce in this electromagnetic environment. So uh, you have a targeted individual, and somebody of that type would have been sent to go and attack them. And they won't know why, but they've just been told that if you want some money, you'd better do this. So they're pretty mindless, but um, that's, that's how it, it seemed to work. So, you know, the idea that, um, I mean, honestly, there are people at, at the top who know why they're doing all these attacks on individuals, but it is about money and agreements. Um, now, what, was, what was, I found out was that there was a plan um, that Al-Qaeda and 
um, IRA and the um, North American Mafia are going to have a war in Europe and take over um, Europe uh, and that this, these electromagnetic technologies would be an initial covert part of that and that um, they would, when they got people to be targeted individuals, it would be like virtual prison camps. And the idea was that they would identify all these people that they thought were easy to catch, mainly old people, um, very young people and disabled people, um, and they would um, imprison them in their houses because they would stop them being able to walk or, or work or do anything. Um, and then they would uh, gradually kill them all off and they would get paid for doing it. And that was their part of the contribution to what they called the European theatre of war. And um, this was going on for a long time and it had been planned. First of all, they were going to um, have this war in 2012, then it was 2015. Um, but they never could get there together because they weren't very efficient generally. However, the war actually took place in 2018. Um, and uh, this is purely on the electromagnetic side, but NATO were waiting and they had been monitoring them all. And in one day, they wiped the, all those people out and, and took them. Well, that's it. They, killed them, but they certainly took them off the field and took them out of the electromagnetic environment. Um, and uh, the, it was mainly the North Americans who were invading, they started by invading part of the British Isles, because they wanted to use the British Isles as a foot, as a stepping stone to Europe. So although they, they, they had kind of groomed a whole lot of people to become perpetrators in the British Isles, who were also vulnerable people, they didn't tell or reveal to them that they were actually planning to get rid of them and, and run the British Isles themselves. So they'd started doing that. But just as, they, as the whole thing went up, NATO, who had been watching, came straight in with their own really advanced technologies. And in one day, they cleaned out the whole of Europe, North Africa um, and anywhere else that was involved in that war. And that was last year. So they call them ghouls. I, I don't know if you've come across that term. Um, well, I have here and there. I think in New York. In New York yeah. Yeah. The word, um, you're, you're experts in in the, um, the military and um, similar who have to deal with these people. They call them ghouls. Um, and there was a situation in which, which I, I describe in my book in which um, some of these people were involved in an attack on one of your agencies your government agencies, and on, on that occasion, um, there were a group of people called the Special Detection Squad, and they had special um, goggles on and um, electromagnetic weapons, and they they went in and um, dealt with these people. So the technology is there, and if they've got the terms of engagement, they go in. Um, I also found out from the, the, these perpetrators themselves told me that when they first started, and that was a long time back, that the police in your individual states, they, they knew about it and they could see it and they tried to do something about it, but the laws were not in place that would support them. So they couldn't, when they tried to arrest people, they couldn't. The law just wasn't there. So um, they got dispirited and they gave up. I know there are some laws in some, I, I think it was Obama who designed a template law that you could use for um, this kind of electromagnetic um, 
the tax, and I think three or four states had adopted it, but the majority haven't. So you know, the police can't, just couldn't do much about it. Um, maybe I'm being naive here, but give specifics about this law because we do have states that it depends on what level of electromagnetic uh, energy or attacks you're discussing because different states have different laws yeah uh, upheld and yeah. some people feel like Obama might have been one of the problems when he uh, when he uh, got behind the brain initiative and so some people fear feel that it, it was because of him that this really took uh, really took root but i think it's been going on a long time i do oh not. yes yeah well well one of the things i did when i wrote my second book just tell just tell goodbye was that i wanted to try and find out a bit more so i went to see um one of the uh, original research scientists that was behind all this um oh, really and, who was it yeah um so I, obviously i don't i didn't i went electromagnetically to see him Okay, but once if you've got if they're all they're all chipped and on computer systems, which kind of create that matrix. It's it's all through computer systems, and um, so they can see you and you can see them. So I went to his house. I I got a reference for him from some other people who told me about him, and um, I went to see him and and asked him if he'd be willing to just answer a few questions. See, because by now I'm I was quite well known for obviously being able to defend myself. When he saw me coming, he hid under the table. But uh, he agreed to cooperate. Um, but I promised that, that he wouldn't be in any way threatened. And what he told me was that all this started before the Second World War. Um, and in fact, it was part of government research that was going on into the, the, um, the potential weapons use of these sort of technologies. Um, and it was part of what you might call the... Min the military industrial complex. Complex, yes. Yeah. So it was private firms that were working with government. But the government decided after the war, um, having looked into all this, that they didn't want to go down that route. So they had all these people whose whole livelihood was just doing that kind of research. And they just they said to them, Well, thanks. Well, goodbye now, you know, it's been nice. And so these guys were, were there with all these technologies. And they needed to make a living. And they found a whole lot of new clients who were really interested in what they had to offer. And, of course, they were not the sort of people that uh, you would hear about, you know, uh, on the stock exchange. But they were very big businesses. And um, pretty soon, these scientists were so deeply into it, they couldn't have got out even if they wanted to. So that's how it all started. Okay. And then... And then um so how long have you been going through these experiences? Since what year? Since 2010. Now, I haven't talked yet about how I found out about the, the force for good in all this. Which, I mean, it, uh, well, I would presume anything, any technology, any ideas uh, have the ability to be used for good or to, for bad, in a nutshell. So you're I, so right. The thing that, was that... About my goodness, they could heal people. They could send people. They can emit feelings of love and euphoria. You got it, you like got always it, you see. those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, what happened was, you see, that um, when we were we were getting these very young children in a very bad state, uh, and um, you know, we wanted to you pick them up, and first thing you want to do is to try and make them better, and um, I sort of tried sending energy to them. Um, and, and they got better. 
And uh, so for a while, I didn't really understand um, how any of this worked. But then later on, I found that um, I could materialize things within the electromagnetic environment by simply um, giving commands, because I think probably this is to do with, um, maybe it's to do with something about the uh, advanced technologies that the military's got. But voice recognition, um, the, all these systems have got voice recognition now, and I could, um, I could actually make things. So, um, if a lot of these these kids are really, really starving, and you know they're very, very seriously um, undernourished and couldn't barely stand up, and so I was creating um, things, places for food for them, and so pretty soon I had what I called magic restaurant tables, which is you look at the top of the table and think what food and drink you want, and it will appear, and you can eat it, and it will taste wonderful, but it doesn't have any bad effects on you, so that, you know, even if you, um, let's say you, you drank three bottles of wine that way, you wouldn't get drunk, um, and it would just, it's all kind of vitamins and minerals and things. Uh, so, because so many people, also including the terrorists, were very undernourished, um, and they were kept in a very bad state by their uh, gang masters and owners and that. So, I mean, they spent a lot of time rescuing terrorists from their, their bosses and, and giving them food. And then, um, so I've tried to kind of empower these people more by creating little wooden boxes that they could hold uh, that was sort of, if they had it, that would tell them, you can now do the same as me. And I, I created a uh, a kind of decree that they would all that everybody would have the ability to do this so that they could give themselves um clothes they could actually manufacture i know this is a bit crazy but they could actually manage manufacture cash um and some places that i went to that um i went for example i went to afghanistan um this is electromagnetically to try and do something about um i know it's a bit uh, stupid of me to do this really but and to try and do something about the poppy fields that were being grown there and um, I took away a set of poppy fields and I gave these the men that were doing it these little um, wooden things they looked like um, cell phones and they, they said right well I think we, we've got a few ideas about what we'd like to do here um, and they created a whole uh, fleet of trucks uh, and, and they were, you know, proper big yellow lorries, and they wanted to go into the trucking business, and they found that much more profitable than um, doing poppies. So then they let their fields out to people who wanted to grow food instead. Um, so they could actually make those trucks themselves. I wasn't terribly happy about it because I suspect, you know, this might begin to have an impact on economies and things if it kind of caught on. But but a lot of places that I went to were very, very poor indeed. Um, you know, if I'd hear on, on the radio or something, there was terrible things going on um, in one part of the world. And there were a lot of uh, refugees. They had no food and they had no medicine. Some of them, there was sufficient electromagnetic wiring in the area that I could go and um, give them these things and show them how to use them. Okay, so a lot depends on how much um, electromagnetic wiring there is in the area to make that possible. So after this, I began to understand that uh, you could help people and empower people, and also that you could even change, make them able to sort of be at a better 
frequency because most of the people that do these terrible things, they're very low level of human ability and consciousness because I think they've, just, they've dragged themselves down to that level. And um, so I, I created a, a kind of um, set of commands which would bring people's level up a lot. And, they, they, and the thing that did it was to say, uh, let them now have the cleverest brain in the universe. Now that seems, doesn't sound like it's about being good and loving, but strangely enough, it worked for them. When they got the cleverest brain in the universe, whatever that might mean, they all changed completely and became loving and caring people and um, just uh, totally transformed and weren't interested in doing anything wrong. So, so I have been using that a lot um, in many parts of the world. I know it sounds strange, but so that just goes to show how there is the potential within uh, these technologies that you could actually meet people's needs in so many levels. And I mean, one of the things that really moved me was when, um, you know, I'd rescue people and they'd, they'd find out how uh, they could be cured of illnesses. And uh, they would say, but wait, wait, my mother, my grandmother, and things like this. And, and it, they would rush with me to, to go to their family and get cured of things that were um, things that maybe, uh, and wouldn't it be wonderful if that could work outside the electromagnetic environment, which, you know, I, I don't know how that could be, but it, it makes you wonder whether there is potential for research there. Well, I just would suspect with, with the ability to control and manipulate radio frequency that anything that a target individual goes through, um, if you're modulating frequencies that are creating a reaction um, and response uh, in your neurological system, that that could be used and calibrated in a way that would, uh, like I said earlier, would, would create a feeling of euphoria or positivity or optimism and but you know I don't know if that's a pos if that's something that's possible um, because as soon as that is marketed or marketable someone can turn around as it's already been done in a more covert manner and use it for the opposite um, so it would be wonderful everybody could have these type of radio frequency technology and and for lack of a better word beam um, these frequencies to create that uh, feeling, but you know, they, everything can be calibrated. All it takes is one uh, nefarious mind to turn it and use it for, you know. Um, yes. Well, they they found out how they found out the negative side, but they never explored the positive. Um, at least ways they may have done, but I, I wasn't aware of it. But um, certainly, it seems to me that uh, in terms of healthcare, if the research was, was going to be done into that area. I do hope that perhaps these kind of results could be replicated, but obviously I'm, I'm not a scientist and I don't know anything about that. But what I can say is that within the electromagnetic environment, you could take people who were ill into that environment and do things there that they would get better and then they could come out of it and they could be well when they came out. Mm -hmm. So the, the changes were permanent uh, and seemed to be beneficial um, but they had to take place within the electromagnetic environment. But everything in this tangible world is, there's electromagnetic, 
magnetic uh, electricity all around us. And this, I mean, we're like bathed in yes. um and broadcast frequencies, and we're sitting in front of computers and televisions, and especially the Wi-Fi. Um, so it's- yeah, you're, you've got it. You're absolutely right. And also, every every subatomic particle is full of electrons, and it's the same thing. And so it's not just it's not just our technologies, but the universe itself is wired that way. And that's why, that's why computers work, and that's why everything works the way it does, because the universe works that way. And so there must be, and I'm sure there will be ways to harness all this for the benefit um, of, of the world. One of the things that really astonished me was, um, and in my book I describe this, is about how I got involved in space travel. And, and it, you know, space travel wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the fact that the universe is full of um, electricity all the way around. Every single, there's nothing in the universe that doesn't have electricity in it. Uh, and that's how it is possible, in an electromagnetic form, at least, to, uh, to do whatever exploration you want. And although I, did, I discovered these things by mistake, um, in, as I describe in my book, I did actually, um, I went, I, well, t- to be honest, I took a whole lot of really bad terrorists and I, I thought, well, I've got to find a place to put their bodies, so I'll just dump these guys on the moon. So I did that, okay, and to my surprise, like some a of dream. Them, yeah, I know, some of them weren't dead. They got up and walked about, and this is when I found out in this electromagnetic environment, there are certain ethnic groups that have a tremendous advantage that they appear to be able to live perfectly well on the moon. And those, those particular ethnic groups were blacks and Chinese people. And the Chinese people, um, as I, I did a bit of research, it turns out that they are, a long time ago, they came from Nigeria. And it must have been about 400,000 years ago or something. Um, and obviously, they've changed tremendously along the way, but they have it within their DNA, the same as people in Nigeria, apparently. And um, so it turned out that both blacks and Chinese people were, in this electromagnetic environment, able to um, live on the moon. And um, I'm sorry to say that even amongst the terrorists, uh, uh, blacks were discriminated against and treated as second-class citizens. And going um, to that, I, there was a situation which I felt very sorry about some of them. And I actually um, put some of them on the moon in a, in a house. And they liked it so much. Um, they wanted their, their family to come with them. And they asked, they, they, one of them showed me, well, part of their family got left behind. And um, this is cutting a long story short, but uh, they gave me a, a picture from their cell phone of the, the persons that they wanted me to go and talk to to get the rest of their family there. And uh, so because I can tune into frequency now, having done this so often, if I see a person's photograph, I can tune into where they are. Um, and probably everybody else could too. So, you know, if it's both good and bad in a way, because if you see someone's photograph in a, in a newspaper or on the internet, you could probably tune into them that way. But anyway, I don't know so if I, I have that ability, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, no. anyway, so it seemed I could find them. Um, so I went and found 
um, found the person they wanted me to find, and their fam- and they said, yes, well, we know, we we can get their family together, come and come to this place on this day, and and we'll um, they'll be they'll be there for you. But so when I went there that day, uh, there weren't just two or three; there were fifty of them, and they all had their suitcases packed that they were going on a holiday. Loads and loads of of um, blacks, mainly black Americans, um, who wanted, um, although they were working in the British Isles, they wanted to all go to the moon and start this new life. So, um, so that's what happened. I know it, it sounds crazy. All I could say is, you have to think like the Matrix. You have to think in order to see how this could be possible. And then, okay, so um, since the moon was no longer suitable as a dumping ground, um, I decided I'd dump some on Mars. And I just dumped this one guy on Mars. And that's when it got interesting because I met some Americans there. And um, they immediately came out and spoke to me. (laughs) And they were American... um, uh, government scientists and astronauts. Okay, it's in my book. And um, they're very nice people. Uh, and as a, as a result of that, um, it turned out that I, I got to meet um, all kinds of people in all kinds of really unusual situations. And all I would say is that there's a good deal more to space exploration than maybe our mainstream media would be able to report. Um, and that it's, this is not even particularly, well, it seems like there's been a huge growth in people studying um, kind of engineering that's applicable to going into space. Um, and some of, a lot of people in universities are studying this now, and um, they have uh, uh, professors and um, advanced people coming, and all, all of them have sort of spent time in NASA and this kind of thing. It's like a whole new culture that's going on. They're all very excited, looking forward to the day when they'll be allowed to go and live on Mars and things like that. And I just have this feeling that some of these people who are leading on this, they may have much more experience than we realized. Fascinating. It's in my book. And um, also, there's a university near where I live, and and a lot of things happened there um, to do with this. And I actually took some people on a trip. Well, how can we put it for... Well, there was a lady whose husband was up there. And, you know, the tour of duty is, is 18 months. And she hadn't seen him for a long time, and she was very upset. So I took her on a visit. And um, so, so that was possible. Well, I can see why you marketed, marketed your book as science fiction. Well, quite. I mean, you, this is not something that makes any sense except when you come to an understanding, like think Matrix, there is an alternative um, environment when, in which these things can occur. I'm quite happy if people can't take it any other way as science fiction. That's fine by me. And I mean, I think it's, it's greater science fiction, you know, and, it, and there's so much wonderful stuff in it. Like, um, but if you if you look on NASA statements of things, you'll find
Recording started. But see other things, uh, and some of them weren't the same as us, but um, it, it, it seems like there might be kind of a blueprint in the universe, and so they, they're not so far fetched as one might expect. Right. So anyway, um, the main reason to writing... Happened. It was mainly with military officials and people um, you know, that were supported by governments. Uh, uh, these were the sort of people that were working in all these environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't uh, a lawless area at all. The only lawless area um, was in the civilian environment, uh, where because of the terms of engagement, the military do not go. So that's why. Uh, and at the end, I talked to some military about targeted individuals in North America, which I think, maybe I don't know, it's not the only area, but it's certainly an area of great concern. And they, they do understand that they said, well, with our hands are tied, we simply cannot, um, you know, we mustn't interfere in the political process and we can't go in. And, and the laws just aren't there for us, for anybody to do what needs to be done, although we can all see what needs to be done. So, but they did... Um, you know, promise the, to do their best uh, to try and um, communicate this to, to people that they worked with who were on the political side. But, you know, um, obviously it is a problem. But it's a problem because the politicians, how can you expect them to know about this? Because there's all, all these technologies are so highly classified, they are not talked about. And that means, and this has been going on for a very long time, you cannot expect people to know or legislate for things of which they haven't been told. Yeah, that's what we were, we were having uh, a discussion prior to the conference call and uh, it, it similar to what we were, which you just brought up. It's a point that's been made. Um, what did you find out as far as um, who do you think is targeting the American citizens? It's, main, it's mainly the American mafia because, and people traffickers who are associated with the American mafia. Uh, a yeah. portion of American targets that I've spoken to believe it's the government. Yes. Now, I'm not saying... Now, I have to be very careful here because I'm, I don't know anything much about your country, but what I, would, I wouldn't like to say anything um, that was you know, critical or, or anything like that. What I would say is that it is not the out of this world to imagine that the Mafia have infiltrated exactly. That's what Matthew said often and, uh, and vice versa as well. Um, yeah. uh, Matthew has said similar things, yes. Okay, so that, this is sort of where it is. Um, but there are plenty of people who um, they would like to, to uh, stop this if they could, but how can they when there's no acknowledgement uh, that these technologies exist. It's, it's difficult. Yep, that's what I've heard as well. We've had very um, um, 
courageous, noble people that have wanted to assist us. And the evidence is so hard to prove. And the, and the fact that this technology even exists is even hard to prove. So therein lies the crux. Um, it's, I don't, it's one that we don't really know how to get around. Yes, we'll get very powerful people interested. But then what? They need evidence. They need well, what? to know the source. They need to know where the technology is coming from. It's yeah. Less well, one of, the, one of the things that, that needs to be done, I think, is a review of all the classified technologies and decide which of those really do still need to have such a high classification. Because uh, it's, it's actually, in order for people to study these things when they go to university and, and beyond, they have to kind of sign something which in, in the British Isles is called the Official Secret Act, but it's, I'm sure it's the same in the States. should be declassified so that um, private firms too could all benefit and uh, use them for, for humanity. Mm-hmm. But so that's a political issue and um, obviously I'm not qualified to talk about these matters and nor am I a scientist so all I can really do is just write what seems to be a very strange work of science fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm just pondering some of the things you've said and reflecting on it. Uh, we, because you know, most of the narrative, that, most of the things I hear is here in America. I do have conversations, mostly emails, though, with people abroad. Uh, so it's fascinating to listen to your perspective and what goes on where you live and your experiences growing up and and who the powers are ultimately. Okay. Well, um, would you like? I know it's very late there, and I don't want to keep you much longer. We've had you about an hour. Would you be willing to take a question? Sure, if um, anyone would like to ask me something, I'll, sure. I'll do my best. Sure, hold on just a second. Hold on one second. What are you doing? Cody? What are you doing? Okay, great. Okay, hold on. Hello, Eiffel, do you have a question? Maybe you just go to the queue. I don't think so. Okay, so 864, I'm going to unmute you. Well, hello, hello? 864. Hi. Uh, is it my turn? Masha, yeah. Your turn. You can ask a question or you can hold off, and as soon as I let her go, we'll open up the floor. It's late where she's at. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask, Um, what, I, is this Ella? Because I just talked to you the other day. I haven't been able to email you yet. But I just um, yeah, hi. Yeah, I just talked to you today, right? No, it's Josh. Um, yeah, I know. On Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday, sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah, on Tuesday. So I wanted to know, because I don't have an email right now, is there another way I can contact you if I text or something? Cause I'm, these yeah, you can text kidding. me. Okay, when the hotline is forwarded to other individuals, you can still text me because the text messages do not get forwarded. Okay, but what number is that that I text? 
503. Okay. 308. Okay. 1691. Okay. 1691. Now, I want like to ask you a question. Ella, these people are like killing me slowly. Like, you know, it's harassment, talking to me all day and everything. What do I do? Yeah. I mean, it's learning to adjust to this way of living and mm-hmm. it's learning to find. Um, Hold on one second. Um, it's just learning to adjust in a way and still trying to find a purpose and a meaning for a living and trying to get the most out of life uh, because you're going through so much. You know, we've got to protect you the best we can. You do need to document what's occurring. Um, and I do recommend keeping a journal because it's admissible in court of the events. And, um, you know, initially I just educated myself. I really just talked to people, listened to people, sifted through information because what I believed initially is not what I believe now because I just took everything to heart that everyone had to tell me, which is a danger if you're new. So I then just decided just to listen more and kind of, um, uh, really taking as much information and let my discernment kind of kick in and, and listen. Yeah. Just listen to as much as you can educate yourself. Um, but like I said, your opinion is going to change and don't let your brain because in this world, you you realize that anything could happen. You believe that anything really can happen, that everything is possible, but that you just, it, it, some of it is just because we're more we're more open to it because of our experiences. So, in other words, still have good judgment, use discernment. But what we need to do is kind of try to get you shielded in some capacities. Um, but I've I've not heard, or at least people have not come forward to me and said this is absolutely stopped and this is how I do it. What I hear is like this is helping some. It's still the technology is still getting through and I'm still feeling pain and I'm still going to be okay, but this is really helping me. I have not yet had anyone tell me that it's absolutely gone unless it's just stopped on its own. I've talked to about a dozen or so people that said, Oh, well, once they got my kids when they were like a woman with a divorce court. Um, and she said that, well, once I, uh, relinquished, uh, uh, my children to him, um, it stopped. Because uh, sometimes people will use the technology to um, blackmail people or to use it um, as a way to get what they want from the other person. Because if this is happening to you, you'll do anything, right? You'll just like, here, take every penny I have, you know. But that doesn't seem to be what they want, the money. But um, my point Ella. is sometimes it stops. Yeah. Oh, let me ask you a question. Thank you for that good information. I just took notes on that. But I want to know, like, it's almost like, they're forced. It's, it's almost like they're talking to me, or I, I don't know. It's like I'm hearing their voice. It's like I'm hearing something in my ears or in my head, and it's almost like I'm. It's almost like I'm talking back to them, but I don't know that I'm talking back to them. But it's almost like I'm answering somebody that's not there. Are you familiar with that? I have heard that. I have heard what? that. But hold on what one second, Josh. Hold on, Josh. I'm going to let my guest go because she's been here um, for quite a bit of time now. Let me find her. And hi, there. Okay, hi. So I just want to say, I know it's late there. I want to let you get back to sleep. And what I'd like everybody to do, um, if you're interested in her story, and it's quite fascinating, these are, these are her experiences. The book is called Kiss, Care, Goodbye by Martha Twine. And this is the one we've been listening to. And what's the best way to purchase the book, in your opinion? Amazon. You can go on Amazon. 
you have written two books. Yeah, I have written. The first book is more about um, my, my first experiences uh, in the British Isles with the IRA and Al-Qaeda a lot. The second one is much more about uh, when the action moves to North America. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, ma'am. You sleep well, and thank you again for coming. It's just been, well, it's been a pleasure been, speaking with you. My pleasure, and thank you so much for inviting me. Good night. Good night. Um, so are you still there, Josh? Yes, I'm here, Ella. Okay. Um, so uh, what was the last question? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like, they're talking to me, and it's almost like I'm answering back. Oh, what do you mean in your mind, like remote neural monitoring, as sometimes people refer to it as? Yeah, it's almost like we're hold, I'm holding a conversation with somebody. What should I do? Well, um, have you tried? Did I ever send you the list? I thought I sent you the list. The list of what? Of suggestions I have. No, you didn't send it to me. Okay. Did you give me your email? Yeah, I don't have an email right now. I had to close That's right. That's what you just said a little while ago. Okay. Um, darn it. Well, if you call me, I can read you the list. But what I would suggest to you, I've heard a couple of people say it hasn't worked for them. But then when I ask them uh, about the particular hearing aid, they tell me that um, they're not sure if it's noise canceling. Um, hearing aids come in uh, various um there's various types of hearing aids. So the ones that you really want to make sure you get, and you have to be careful because products don't have a lot of integrity online anymore, um, and they're cheaply made, and you do have to be careful. But um, m m many people, I'm going to see how many, I don't know, maybe a couple dozen have told me they found some relief from using uh, noise-canceling hearing aids that you could purchase on Amazon. What I'm seeing happening is, now, um, when you're on Amazon, there's not a particular brand per se. Um, mm -hmm. I know a woman, a friend of mine actually, she bought a pair, and she doesn't even say anywhere does it say noise canceling. And then also she said that um, that um, the, the I'm sorry, <laughs> model number, the model number on the um, hearing aids that she received was different than the one she saw on Amazon. So it just leads her to believe that she didn't get the quality or the original, the one she wanted. Um, so, but yeah, so try that. You can get them about, they were like $25. Now they're a little more expensive. So try noise canceling hearing aids. And um, the other thing I looked up guys, because I know it was mentioned in one of my interviews and I wanted to be able to source it is, let's see if I can find it. It was talking about, if it comes back up here. So, and, Ella, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I've been, I've been listening to your information. I appreciate it. I get my new email. I'll email you. If, um, is it TIA? I'll send you the suggestions. And the other thing I wanted to discuss, because you guys heard me interview the gentleman who discussed uh, his use his use of uh, the hearing aids himself. He also talked about this EMP pen, and I looked it up. I found it on Amazon. It's an acupuncture acupuncture pen, electronic acupuncture acupuncture pen, massage pen. And so basically, this is what he was talking about. It's like in the health and beauty departments, and that's what this is that he was referring to an EMP pen, and it's only thirteen dollars. 
I don't like to ever promote things that cost too much money here. Again, it's an acupuncture pen, and it's an electronic one. And it's $13.19. Let's see. The, the interesting thing is it's not actually a brand. It's probably supplied by Amazon. Yeah, it just says health and beauty from China. Requires batteries. But this is what he was talking about. Acupuncture pen. I wish. Okay, let's see. Sold by the Royal Party and fulfilled by Amazon. That's all. That's the only details that I can see. Yeah, EMP pen. So this has worked for the gentleman. I don't know what name he gave for the interview. It wasn't his actual name, and that's what he was using. So I would just look that up on Amazon. And if it's the right one, it'll be thirteen dollars and nineteen cents with free shipping nope. if you have Amazon. What so, does it do? Um, it's simple. I don't exactly know. Maybe it's disrupting signals because it's electronic. What's and where your acupuncture points, which it'll give you, there's a little uh, chart in there to show you where your points are. So if you put it like on the base of your ear, like where an earring would go behind the ear, what it might be doing is um, disrupting the frequencies and signals, like I started to say. How do I spell it? What's the name of it? Um, uh, acupuncture, and that's A C U P U N C. T-U-R-E, like acupuncture, pen, okay. electronic pen. Okay. And so, Ella, um, when these is there a way I can get scanned or scanned for, how do these people connect with me? Well, some people think it's all like um, chips. I'm not one of those people that believes that. I believe there are people that have been chipped. I'm still on the fence about the whole nanochip um, position. Um, I just think that if there's nanochips, it would be in everything, and everyone would have it. And I don't know how you would get that out of your body. Although some people say there are ways to detox and that you should that you could feel better. Um, but I'm a little bit on the fence because nano is a size, and so there's nanoparticulates, and they could be of anything. That's just a size, and so I. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but if it is that small, then detoxing might assist. But I also think everybody would have it. So, is, so, so, have you ever heard of something called biomap? Yes, I have heard that. I've heard every theory under the sun. I have heard that. I've heard that. So what is that? Well. Hmm. Wish somebody who was scientific would get on and explain that. Um, it's, let me see if I can phrase it right. Let me see if I can find the actual. I'm trying to find out, Ella, is there a way I can get some evidence from it or I can find out how these people are contacting me, how they're connecting to me. I'm trying to get to the bait, like the root of the situation. I know, but that's where, that's where people are in disagreement and that's where it's very difficult. Um, Let's see, biomap. So has, has, has anything, has any, has, has any... It's just imaging, really. Now? It's a map of your physiology is what I believe, but I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist either. Um, is there a way I can get scanned for this stuff, like to scan, to check out? 
Because in order for somebody to connect with somebody, there has to be something inside of me or around me that they're connecting with me, right? Or they well, radio, well, okay, let's look at it this way. This is my viewpoint. Um, you know, you can go hunting, and they have military equipment, and it uses lock-on technology. Um, and it could just lock onto the target, and whatever, uh, whether it's, you know, it can be transmitted, just like even with a bomb, it has lock-on technology. So my thought is that if they can do that with uh, technology and advanced technology and military-grade uh, uh, equipment, why do they need all that? Why do they need that? And so, but I do believe that that's part of it, too. I just think that that there's as much diversity in this technology as there is guns in the world. Or, um, I don't know if that's, the, that's not the best metaphor. I just think no, there's you such that- a diversity <laughs> of technology out there. Are you saying that these people can just randomly pick somebody down the street? So, do you know, how do I get it off me? What do I do? Well, that's the million-dollar question. That's what everyone's trying to do right now. I'm going to bring more people into the conversation because I don't want mine to be the only voice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the floor and let other people give you their voice and their thoughts. Um, But right now, it's just about adjusting. It's about public outreach. It's about education. Um, I'm hearing more and more that this will be a discussion um, uh, in some of the mental health fields, trying to integrate this into... um, uh, uh, people who enter the mental health field. But at this point, I can't imagine it's going to be a positive thing, but I'm hoping. I hope okay. there's enough information to uh, maybe um, that an intelligent person can take in that information and maybe realize that maybe there is something more to this than paranoia or group paranoia or whatever they like to say. So, But anyways, I want to open up the floor because, like I said, I don't want to be the solo voice on this, on answering this. But hold on just a second. Let me change this. Thanks, Ella. I'll text you at that number. Q&A session is over. Okay, so now, hold on just a second, guys. I'm going to open up the floor, and you guys can answer in your opinion. Let's see. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I just unmuted everybody. That was interesting. Some people have some good music in the background. Okay, let's see here. Why am I not able to? Okay, so I open up the floor. You just star six. And remember to mute your phone if you're not speaking. Um, what is your opinion? What would you like to share with this gentleman? Hi, Roseanne, by the way. people like how can you guys be laughing and 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 enjoying each other and I'm like it happens it just takes work you have to process you have to stabilize and when you start connecting with others and you've had times to adapt to it which is a sad thing the saddest word for me is is to hear that word adapt who should have to adapt to this but um but that is when you'll start to uh, feel some freeness within yourself Anyway, I see progress. Um, there was a judgment recently 
which Karen Stewart published on Facebook about uh, watch lists being unconstitutional. Yep, I was going to read that tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm just seeing progress, um, and it's really hard to deny 21 location protest. It's hard to deny that. You know, we might not have all the answers, but I think when you have protests globally in 21 locations, it sends a message. And I thank all of you who participated. I wish I could have been involved, but life's been crazy. Um, okay, we're doing it for you. For the people who are unable to make it, we'll be there for you. Oh, it's so good that you're doing all this. Um, you know, because it, for us that are just trying to wade through the crap that they're constantly throwing at us, you know, it's just a ray of hope. It's like as long as there's progress and there is an increase of awareness, I'm happy. You know, that's the level I'm on because I think this thing is going to be exposed and it's huge. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say thank you to um, the people who helped create the day. It's the people that are in um, alliance and targeting. So um, I just want to say thank you to everybody, um, the people that helped create that day, make it what it is. and including Matthew, and um, just grateful to those people and all the determined minds and persistent people, stubborn, all the stubborn people that got this thing off the ground. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. When a judge for the people like me who I'm still doing activism, but, you know, I, I can't I'm just travel at the moment to do what I'd like to do with it. But... Um, it gives us data, you know, and when you go and you talk to somebody and you start talking about this and they say, wow, that's really out there. And they look at you kind of strangely. You whip out your phone and you already have a bookmark of a story which talks about all of the different um, countries that are protesting against this all over the world. And it's very impressive. <laughs> it's like, you know, Rome, Italy, London, England, Morocco, uh, and, you know, uh, Italy, uh, Italy, yeah, France, China, uh, and yeah. Brazil, Moscow, uh, yeah, Moscow. Uh, and, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing. I want to tell people to use this because it's very convincing. I find when I, you know, print it out, print it out. Now, there's about to be all the stories coming out about the 2019 protests. Print it out. And then, you know, when people look too That's funny. There's a lot of positive stuff uh, from the events that just happened. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was beside myself. And so I was very happy. That was um, something that really, one of them was written by a TI. He has a blog, so, but it still was very professional. And then um, people sent out a PSA and they just printed it exactly how we would want it to be. 
And then um, someone came down, and, and I know Shayla. She's going down to Los Angeles to do an interview. Someone approached her about doing an interview. Matthew, we, someone came up to the square. Uh, Clyde, I didn't realize that Clyde um, Lewis has a studio here in Portland. I had no idea. It was down the street from me. And he came down and asked uh, you know, Matthew to come in with Dr. John Hollick. It was all very positive, which was very... You know, the whole production looked so professional com compared to what it looked like like two years ago. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe all the banners. It just, you know, just how good it all looks. It really looks like we're getting our stuff together here. We're forced to be reckoned with. And I urge everybody to print out the stories about the global protests because mm -hmm. it's really hard to ignore stuff like that. That's right. It doesn't look like just a few people complaining and sounding. When you're, I always say strength in numbers. I've said that since day one. And so whether you're going to report on a crime and something happened in your home, you want to go together. And it looks, it's more credible when you have a group of people on the same, you know, sharing similar, um, a similar narrative um, together. Uh, it, or just a group of people protesting against crimes like these. And so what happens is like, oh, these are like professional people, mixed people. This is a lot of people that are saying the same thing or close to the same thing. There's something it, also, it also points out that this is a global problem. Yes, it, is. it does. It's, I see that. it's really helpful. You know, they, uh, right now it seems like everything is being blamed on America in the world, <laughs> right? And I'm sure it's blamed for half of it. <laughs> but um, this isn't just America. We might have developed the weapons, but somebody globally is orchestrating this. And it's, it is important for people to know that. You know, so when you're thinking about who do I blame for this? And you think, well, what are, what kind, what global entities might be involved? Who wants power right now globally? Okay, ding ding, <laughs> come on, it's all over the place, you know. So it's important to give that picture that you know this isn't just America. You know, okay, we imported all these Nazis, and you know they go after innocent people all the time, and you know take over their lives. Well. All that might be true, but this is global. So we have a global entity orchestrating what's going on. Um, it isn't NATO. I mean, some of it might be uh, Japan is not a part of NATO. <laughs> you know, um, Asia is not a part of NATO. And they're all very well represented in this fight. So... Get out there and, <laughs> you know, just share the information if you could do, do nothing else. Just share the information that's coming in that looks credible. And, um, and, and I know that goes against how we feel sometimes, but just trying to present yourself in a calm manner makes people more receptive to your information. Keep yourself well-groomed. Seriously. Um do everything you can to maintain your composure at all times. Normalcy, yeah. Um, Normalcy, yeah. You can call us and you can be as crazy as we want to be. It's, it's all this emotional. And it's not even crazy. It's just 
a real response to these events. And so we can talk to each other about everything that we go through, every little detail. Yeah, don't tell people your story. You know, present the big picture. Your story is too crazy to listen to, okay? We need to go backwards on that. What we need is acknowledgement of the global phenomenon that's going on, and then we can come back and tell our stories once that's accomplished. Mm-hmm. I we think know it's more than a phenomenon, but, you know, it's it's a horrific nightmare for to, to many of us. Um, oh, but it's so Normal people call it a phenomena, this phenomenon of uh, targeted individuals. And, you know, I've just learned to accept words like that, even though when I first found the community, I was like, this is horrific. And it is. It really is. It's atrocious. Everything that any everybody's had to experience, is, it's, uh, it's like living in an alternative reality almost. Well, I'm sure you've had this um, experience, Ella. When you're trying to talk to a new person who shows genuine interest, you don't want to scare them. <laughs> That's right. That is something I, I knew that already. You know what I think, how I think I had a little um, head start in, the, in this regards to working with people and doing public outreach, not only from having a background in advertisement, but also because I worked with traumatized children. Um, I, and I took them in my home. They were like uh, foster children. And, and it's as emotional as you can be or whatever. You needed to be the stable one. So all those things I picked up from like 15, 20 years of working with people and children. So I learned all that and it subconsciously was already ingrained in me. So I knew that was the way we needed to be. And then I saw the response when I tried to tell people exactly what was going on. And it wasn't, I ended up, you know, visiting a, yeah, a, a place. <laughs> That's for sure. A place I shouldn't have been. So. Those of us who are targeted, we probably came upon the information we have slowly. And it was probably a difficult process of discovery. Especially if you and, don't have reference points. Do you think it's happening to you and you don't use... I imagined it was happening to other people because this tech, why would somebody waste all this technology on just me? You know, so that made common yeah. sense. It was finding the group and finding people that made it difficult. And I didn't know what words to search. And they were coming up, uh, not the results I wanted. And when I was experiencing stalking and the word gang stalking came up, I'm like, oh, no, the Bloods and the Crips aren't. And so I dismissed those results because I didn't yeah. stalking was like the Bloods and the Crips, you know, living in L.A., you know, that's what you know. And so I didn't even go down that. I didn't even click on those because... I just didn't think it was associated to what I was going through. Cause some of these people that were doing this to me just look like normal people. So, yeah. In the crib. So yeah. I've never liked that word, but it, within our community, if I think it's fine if we use it. I personally don't like it for public consumption. I don't like that you word. What word are you speaking of? Gang stalking. Oh, gang stalking. Yeah, I agree. I call it... Um, Organized stalking? I call it on foot surveillance. There you go. I like that. That's a good one, too. And I'll tell you something else. What I was trying to get at is that most of us didn't learn about this all in one night. And we were able to um, adjust to it slowly, emotionally, as information came to us. Um, Once I honestly, for me, it was just contact listening, getting validation from other people. And that's why I always promote that, because that's when I felt sane again. 
right. Well, I'm just saying that you can't expect a person on the street to digest the whole damn thing in one conversation. You know, what you have to do, I call it remote influencing technology. I say, um, I'll say brain influencing. I won't say mind control. That does sound like science fiction. I say behavior modification. You see, behavior modification, and and its semantics are so important right now because our whole world is hinging on all these words, you know, Um, and and these words are being used to um, divide people and, and create emotion and all kinds of things. So you have to be careful with what you say. Oh, yeah. Okay? You have to think you know about that. it before you say it, you know. And to talk about somebody, talk to somebody about uh, remote influencing technology, that encompasses everything. And it's That's not nice. that scary because they're already learning about that. Yeah. Um, or to talk to somebody about on-foot surveillance rather than gang stalking, which sounds like, <laughs> you know, ah, run for the hills. Um, you know, so how you present the information is, and, and to talk to somebody about behavior modification rather than mind control. Yeah, that okay. word, well, you'll get a reaction so quickly of like all of a sudden they go blank, you know, because the first time I went out and um, I handed out flyers with my friend and she goes, and, and she's cute and it's true. She goes, have you heard of mind control? And like, I was like, let's not use that word. You know, <laughs> now we're down to, hey, here's a public service announcement that affects you. Or here, take this. This is very important. You know, and you have to speak. Hey, There's a thing in psychology that if you speak authoritarian, like to a stranger on the street, they'll listen to you if you say it like that. And they do. They do take it. But yeah. then again, I live in Portland, Oregon. Where people are very receptive and sweet and conscientious. So maybe that's why it's so easy here. Because um, yeah. I know even in Chicago, I guess people were busy. You're in a big city that is very yeah. business oriented. Portland's not like that. So. Um, I know people have tight schedules like New York, you know, being in New York City, everyone's just too darn busy to stop and talk to you. Um, but on the outskirts, like Brooklyn and places like that, to listen. But one thing I wanted to do, though, before we run out of time, is read this article from Newsweek. And it says, U.S. federal judge...
Her. She was working. Um, she was working. Um, what's the word she used? Uh, she was working for the government or in the private sector, public sector, I should say. And she wasn't actually even allowed to really share what she was doing, and it just started happening to her. Okay, and then um, the the part about where she's transporting like fifty black people to Mars. How did she do that exactly? I mean, 
she she said visualize it. We were able to visualize and um, transport our imaginations to Saturn. Does that mean we're actually transporting to Saturn when our bodies are here? Is that how she got 50 people on Mars through their imagination or our her imagination? Or what kind of technology was used to do that? And kind of like remote viewing. That's what I yeah. So just kind of like being in a matrix, but she's in this train state, so to speak. Um, yeah, I heard that. I heard that part, but. She said she, her body never really left here. So now I'm questioning if they have such advanced technologies where they can transport through their imagination through the matrix to another place. Is that like teleportation? And can we do that? I have a lot of questions. It hasn't been yeah, I'm going to give her email address. I mean, if she was speaking, I had a ton of questions too, but I also know yeah. I only had her for an hour. I know, um, so, I know. I'm yeah. just saying I was holding on for a while, and I really wanted to kind of, I don't know. It does sound like fiction technologies that are super classified like that. It could answer the question, why are some of us targeted? Do we have really good imagination, and, we're and they're afraid that we might cross a line of somehow entering uh, a super... You know, super highway, uh, you know, telecommunications and transportation that they're working on. Yeah, I don't know. Hello? She didn't seem to know that. She said that she doesn't think that they even knew she was able to do those things. Oh, well. Yeah. It kind of makes With the B2K and everything, she was able to, like, with come B2K? out with the on. It wasn't just like, you know, B2K people are like, we're watching you, we got you, and all those different things, the various things that narratives of people hear. She said she didn't hear conversations there, and it wasn't turned off, and she hear these conversations. I'm sorry? How did she bury the bodies? She said she buried bodies of people on Mars. Or this I know, when she was in that state. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, she just was visualizing this, or did it actually take place? No, she was still here, but she was like in this. Um, uh, um, I was still in augmented reality, but she was in a hybrid dream state, and uh, that she felt as if she could go like remote viewers, like she could go to do different things, but she definitely she could hear. Like what the perpetrators were saying in the room, and um, she heard a lot that was going on. And she just, as she. This is Richard from North Carolina. Uh, can I comment on that? Oh. Sue, are you done? Do you want to ask anything else? Of course, I, I no, I think, yeah, I think, um, well, that's just enough. You know, I had those questions, and then, yeah, you know, uh, um, don't worry about it. Um, I might do some research on it myself. Yeah, but you can contact her, too. I'll give you her email. I'm sure she'll gladly answer. And she's a writer, so she may be able to convey it even in a better format um, if she, if she uh, writes it to you. Can you give it to them? Can you tell everybody at the same time? Can you just say it? No, I'd rather not. All right. 
it. But yeah, oh. just email me and I'll send it to you. All right. I always get nervous because I don't want to bombard them. Some people are like, oh my God, I'm getting so many calls. I don't know what to do. I don't want to overwhelm them. Oh, I thought maybe she was trying to sell the book and she would want to have her contact out there. But she's don't worry. Amazon. Yeah, she's like, go to Amazon to buy her book. Yeah, Amazon. Okay. I'll look it up then. I'll look that up. Don't worry about it. Okay. What's the other guy? Go ahead. This is Richard. No, uh, I was going to comment on uh, on the lady's uh, uh, speculation. Uh, when I was in federal prison in '99, uh, a psychology doctor told me I could hear voices in my head uh, and have burns on my body. And he said radio, microwave, and hologram signals. Well, I got to study and doing research on it, and uh, actually, it's a hologram. Uh, I found where uh, somebody in the United States could go to China uh, through a hologram and communicate uh, in a in a hologram state. Uh, they could actually talk and communicate. They'd be here, but they'd send a hologram of themselves to China. Uh, that's what I read in the, in the research uh, uh, when he explained it was radio, microwave, and hologram signals. So I believe uh, what the lady meant. Well, she didn't oh. say hologram. She just said in her mind in the matrix. She yeah, I know. Terms like what? hyperspace or super supersonic or anything that you know scientific that I've heard. All right, but what I'm trying to say, that's done. Uh, I mean, that's. There are 102 participants of the 